Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Like a Hole. This is the podcast that talks about all things Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor and everything else in that universe and in between. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Mark. I'm joined with uh, two of my lifelong friends, and I couldn't be happier that they went on this uh, exploration of Nine Inch Nails along with me. Um, to my left, a good man, friend from a long time, brother from another mother, Stephen Earl Chambers. We're not going to talk about Judy. <laughs> and to my right uh, is another great friend. I've known him for... Man, I think now coming on two decades, um, a scholar amongst everyone, men, women, children, Eric Anderson. Oh. Uh, orange would be the color if I had a heart. <laughs> I am, I, I'm getting a little emotional already. All right, keep All going. Right. <laughs> Calm down. So we've, uh, we've done it, folks. We've talked about Nine Inch Nails, uh, all of the... Halos, album tracks, the scores, um, side projects, uh, movies, movies, live albums, videos, went in the song, record labels. Uh, we even had an opportunity to make some friends online and someone who actually was directly involved with uh, the man himself and the band themselves, uh, Rob Sheridan, which that was probably. One of the highlights of doing this project, I never thought we'd be able to actually talk to someone who was directly affiliated. I thought this was just going to be some sort of masturbatory uh, experience. Journey. And it is. And it is. It certainly is. <laughs> but that certainly brought us some credibility. Um, yeah, that was. And uh, yeah, we uh, we I'd say we interacted the most with people that would never listen to the show before over the last week. And that was fun. And um, they actually. It was also fun because it got me talking to those uh, discographer guys again who had a, a similar podcast called The Discographers, and their first season was Nine Inch Nails. We, we brought that up before. Yeah. And I uh, started talking to one of them a little bit. I want to say his name was Tyler. Um, if I got it wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm a jerk for not paying attention. But uh, it turns out that they're both from the Sacramento area originally, which is just there must be something in the water in this town or this area. I don't get it. But uh, yeah, apparently it drives people to the... Uh, the nine inch nails. So yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, when there's not much to do in Sacramento, uh, yeah. what yeah. else can you do yeah. besides wax nostalgic about the music that That's you right. grew up loving? Broken hearts and grinding gears. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Is that a also, rancid album? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you also had a, recently had a nice little uh, conversation we dropped as well from someone from another, another uh, continent. Yeah, just the fact we're, you know, we're reaching our hands across the waters to hold hands with somebody in the other hemisphere. Nick Rusin's interview was a lot of fun. If you haven't listened to that, check it out. I appreciate it that uh, he's a little bit younger than us and that he did, he, he got to Nine Inch Nails via Marilyn Manson, which I uh, enjoyed hearing. And I actually uh, it did enjoy. I never mentioned this to you, Eric. About is hat is that how he got Trojan Horse into listening to our podcast? Because that Manson episode is <laughs> I, unstoppable. I did. I asked him that on the on yeah, the podcast. And I thought and yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was sure, but no. It turns out, yeah, the mystery of that episode. It's <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I mean the numbers and the analytics on just that one alone is just wow. I mean. Uh, we are going to announce what we're doing for season two, and not to break any hearts, we are not going to do Marilyn Manson. Um, you know, I'm actually I'm pretty proud of that one episode because I thought for an episode, and I am a kind of a I don't like to think of myself as a narcissist, 
But I do enjoy what we do, and I've listened to a few of our shows a couple of times. And that one I've gone back to a few times because I think we were able to cover the whole scope of that band really well, focusing on just that one record. Yeah. And you could, you know, there'd be no reason to go back. Right. right. Yeah. No, and I, I was agree. Th- I was thinking about it because with what we're going to do next, which we'll talk about later, there's a lot of stuff there. And there might be times where we want to break. And I thought that format was perfect. Of every once in a while we want to do episodes like, you know what? This is going to be the, uh, you guys want to talk about yes for an episode? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, yeah. I know what there could be uh, overlapping universes as we talk about what we're going to talk about next. So um, we're going to do a few things here tonight, right? We're going to, we're like what we're doing now, we're going to kind of talk about just the show, kind of uh, retrospective on the show a little bit. And then we're going to do like rapid fire rankings of our favorite albums. And then we're going to have a deep conversation on our uh, favorite top nine songs. Um, and I would we'd implore you to post your lists on our Facebook pages or Twitters. The way we're going to do this is um, we're actually going to step away for about the next uh, 55 minutes. And Mark has queued up all the greatest hit clips. It's a clip show. <laughs> Enjoy, folks. <laughs> I will not be doing that. This is not a Troy McClure, like, yeah, you know. We're locked in the room. We can't get out. So we've got nothing better to do than remi- talk about good memories. Exactly. You, know what, you know what's you funny? You remember that time we had Joe Vieira on the, sh- <laughs> yeah. on the show? Now that you, that's funny you mentioned that because I, I was telling the, the host earlier that uh, I went and watched a uh, – Video games played by an orchestra uh, at Mark and I's old high school tonight in Del Oro High. And uh, my little brother, who isn't in high school anymore, is part of it. It's uh, some kind of Placer County Orchestra. Anyhow, I actually walked by specifically where I remember being when I heard Phil Hartman died. It was uh, right in front of the library right there. That's right. It's yeah. all connected. <clears throat> when we were talking about celebrity deaths, that was one that we didn't mention that definitely got to me when I was yeah, a kid. So in yeah. case you're not putting two and two together, Troy McClure was voiced by Phil Hartman. Yeah. If you don't know that, uh, turn this turn this podcast off. <laughs> you guys like uh, Futurama, correct? I love Futurama. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder if uh, during the development phase of that, um, who was the captain? He was going to be Zap Brannigan. Yeah, he, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's he been, had it's that, been verified. Oh, man. And the old, I think Billy West took over. Billy West can do anything, so he did a good job. Futurama, <laughs> I actually... I I think I like it better than The Simpsons. I would agree. I think the output, um, I mean, if you look at the trajectory of The Simpsons, it really does fall um, off uh, yeah. after like season 12. It kind of comes back every once in a while and has good seasons. Not that I would know, but I catch occasional episodes that are all right. Yeah. But you, you know, can't have Futurama one knew what they wanted to do and they were more consistent with it from the get-go. And even yeah. when it came back, I thought it was still like upper upper crust. Right? Definitely. Yeah, there's some laugh out loud moments. Um, I bet you there's a Nine Nails joke buried in there somewhere, only because <laughs> they have like mathematicians and uh, for the writers, like, sure. but they have a bunch of nerds for the writers. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some kind of weird like polyrhythm uh, <laughs> joke in there based off a Nine Nails song. Yeah, <clears throat> but you were saying, Eric, what were nope, you? No, just that was, that's it. I don't think I. Well, yeah. should we start with our um, our album rankings? Why not? Now, I think we should. If uh, we had super fans out there that were compiling our um, kind of lists of what we had ranked, um, <laughs> just don't hold us to any 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 when we do rate out of how many nails, like out of nine nails. Don't hold us to that, please. <laughs> uh, right, because at the end of the day, um, 
we did not go back and well, I think I gave Pretty Hate Machine this many nails, and no. you know I didn't do it that way. Like I said, I've listened to our episodes a few times, but I, I I'm not that organized. So let yeah. me Lynn, and I actually there's wanna, a lot of sevens and eights. I'll tell I want to talk yeah. to that that point a little bit too. Um, the ranking I don't really think about beforehand. So when we're recording, we say like, hey, "Would you rank this out of nine nails?" I'm like, "This is kind of impulsive." Right. But um, I never really can tell which songs from that episode are going to stick with me, and I'm going to just keep listening to and really actually try to change that ranking as it goes on. Right. Just the subject- subjectivity of it all. But um, I mean, um, disclaimer: this list of both my albums rankings to my top uh, nine songs. Um, it could change in five years. It could change in three months. I five don't know. years, you say? It's been five years. Five years. Five you years. Say. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, without further ado, um, who wants to start? Who wants so, to give me their their bottom to the top? So we're just gonna go through rapid fire, right? Right. Just yep. Rapid fire. Or are we gonna go like twelve? All the way around, 11, all the way around. No, 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 here's how we should do this, because we're going to get a little more in-depth when we do our songs. We can cut this part out, of course. No. No. We should leave <laughs> it in. Leave it in. Let leave the people in. see how the sausage is made. Let's just, Mark does his list, I'll do my list, you do your list. Okay. That works. All right, here we go. Starting from the bottom to the tippy top. Uh, uh, bottom of the heap, I'm going to say ghosts one through four. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, here comes the gasps, bad witch. Hmm. Not, not surprised at all. And then uh, Year Zero. Mm-hmm. And then Pretty Hate Machine. Mm-hmm. Then Hesitation Marks. Mm. And then The Slip. Add Violence. Not the Actual Events. With Teeth. Broken. The Downward Spiral. And my personal favorite, The Fragile. Some of that I was predicting. I'm surprised that you have Not the Actual Events over Add Violence. You know, uh, when I actually, they're pretty much even. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it could be a tie uh, for the one, two, three, four, fifth spot. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll go next. Okay. Right. Bottom is Ghosts. I have a feeling that with Eric, that's not going to be the same thing. <laughs> uh, then Pretty Hate Machine, Year Zero. Yep. Bad Witch, The Slip, Not the Actual Events, Broken, Hesitation Marks. Downward Spiral, Add Violence is my number three. Wow, okay. That one really sticks with me. I think it's... Uh, and yeah. I think it's two, years, uh, it's two years old now, so it's not just Regency bias. Right. With Teeth and The Fragile. That's a solid list. It's a good list. It's a good All list. right. <laughs> All right, Eric. All right. <laughs> Remix Dead. albums are not part of this. <laughs> no, they aren't. Dead Last, The Slip. Then Ghosts. Then Not the Actual Events. Then With Teeth. Then Add Violence. Then Year Zero, then Pretty Hate Machine, then Broken, then Hesitation Marks, then The Fragile, then Downward Spiral. Wow, Hesitation Marks number three, and I have to admit, like with Teeth being that far down, I'm kind of surprised. Well, I remember that he was the the least impressed by it when we discussed it. Um, I like seeing Hesitation Marks that high. I like that the fact that you came to The Fragile late, it still makes your number two. Oh yeah, yeah. This not that I wrote that damn record, but I just like it. When people love that album. Yeah, yep. I mean, at least it's in a top three. I know? always knew it was special, and when we did this this recording, I, yeah, it's the it's a it's a wonderful album. It's yeah, just well, yeah, the damn record- nostalgia is, is 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 making Downward Spiral beat it, but you know, on an objective list, yeah. either could either could make the top. The uh, the recording you remember. Ha. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, what was your number three, Stephen? Add violence. Add violence. Okay. 
where was Broken at on yours? Uh, broken for me was uh, five. Five, okay. Yeah. I had six for Broken. Okay. What did you, where did you have it? I had three, yeah. Now. Oh, I'm these, sorry. Broken was four. Broken was four. With me. Teeth was four and not the actual events tied with Ad Violence for number five. But yeah, somehow yeah. With, with Teeth over the years has skyrocketed to, I think on, on the recording I said it sometimes is my favorite album, so. Yeah. Um. How different is this list, do you think, than it would have been if you never did this podcast? Way different. Um, I don't think I probably would have put the EPs as high. Um, not the actual events and ad violence being tied. Um, and how I did it, basically, I went through each of the albums and I picked my top songs. And not the actual events, four out of five songs were just barn burners. And same with, I think, uh, ad violence. So that four out of five, I mean, that gives them an you know 80% hit rate on, on that uh, on those two little EPs. So honestly, I probably wouldn't have given them as high without really just listening to them over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Um, and I do have to say, I was kind of surprised that I, you know, actually enjoy the slip a little bit more than hesitation marks. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I just do. Yeah. It's funny. Cause <laughs> in the episode, you, you were, yeah, you're really high in hesitation marks. I was, but and I still the, am. Yeah, we did a whole podcast about these things. The worst Nash Nails album, still uh, like a B minus. Right, right. Like, yeah, you know, Slip was last for me. Um, even I wouldn't even use the word worst. Even even le- less than than Ghosts because I just feel like it lacks imagination compared to the other albums. Mm-hmm. They did. They wanted to make a quick and dirty album. There's some great pop tracks in there. Um, but uh, even Ghosts, I think, goes to some more interesting places. Um, Year Zero was a surprise. I did not ne- realize how much I would dig into that thing, like a feast, like a banquet. Obviously, what appeals to me is like the, the, the crazy fan theories and stories, and that was, as you guys have said before, red meat. Um, so that was, a big, that was a big shocker for me. With Teeth, though it's low, once again, it it's, doesn't have what I love about Nine Inch Nails in it, but there's like three songs that do. And those three songs are as good as any other songs, in my opinion. So even though it's low, just know there are some real wonderful things on there for me. And Hesitation Marks, that one really surprised me to be in my top three. And I think it's just such a well-executed theme. And the yeah. fact that it's just, and it's and it's not like telling a story, but rather just conveying his self-reflection. And even though there's like a couple clunkers, um, just it's just so, uh, he set out to do what he wanted to do so well. Yeah. I mean, uh, on the Reddit boards, uh, when this question kind of gets asked, you know, it seems every three months or hesitation marks doesn't get a lot of love from the Nine Inch Nails community. It seems I didn't um, love it when I first yeah. heard it, but, um, I mean, it's I a good, it's a, I, 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 I love that album. It's yeah. a great album. I mean, when it hits, it hits, yeah. but, uh, there are some clunkers on there. Um, and I, I, I gave pretty hate machine a lot of thought after we recorded it because we were kind of flippant about it. I do. I do have to say, hold that thought. I think our first episode, we were probably thinking this podcast is going to be something different than what it turned out to be. And I almost think that pretty hate machine discussion is a little bit. Yeah. Flippant. Flippant. And just a little bit like, Oh, look at this guy's journals. These, these lyrics are nonsense and dwelled too much on that and not how great some of the sequencing is and some of the song craft is. And I think we weren't as, you know, maybe also we dinged it a little harshly based. It sounds dated, but that's, yeah, not, yeah. that's it not its fault. It does. And honestly, like, you know, it's entertaining to to laugh at at stuff you love also. And we were doing a little bit of that. But I, I think we shortchanged it a little bit. 
um, I think, you know, he was coming out of this almost cheesy sounding new wave music and really wanted to do something with more edge and in more of the industrial realm. And, um, and he did that on a few songs and some songs he falls back in a new wave a little bit, but he's, um, but he's still got kind of the edge. And even if the lyrics do sound like somebody's journal, uh, he matured from there. And, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's a special album and I think I didn't give it credit for being that when we recorded earlier. Yeah. I um, mean, that was what introduced me to Nine Inch Nails. So without that album, I might not even be on this podcast or even thinking about right. creating it. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, that was when I was really getting into music uh, for kind of real, um, right before, you know, seventh, eighth grade, kind of that time frame where, you know, you're listening to The Doors and Pink Floyd and The Beatles and classic rock, Rolling Stones, things like that. And then a friend, you know, introduced me to the Depeche Mode, and then after Depeche Mode, it was, you know, Pretty Hate Machine, and uh, that just blew the doors off me, and then this same friend, though, he warned me about, oh, man, you're not going to like the Downward Spiral, though. That thing is just nothing but noise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I ended up absolutely loving that Yeah, I think he's in the minority there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, actually, uh, when our song rankings come up, I struggled with my top three quite a bit, and one of those songs is from Pretty Pretty Game Machine. Might have my favorite Night Nails song on it, believe it or not. Yeah, no, I, there's there's a there's some yeah. I mean, there's probably some obvious things on my top nine, but that's what what it is. I mean, yeah. I didn't really have to want to dig deep for my top nine songs. Ah, if it's your top nine, it yeah. should come from. It should be immediate. Exactly. Yeah. The only the only thing is is that when you do a I podcast, have, right? Go ahead. When you do a podcast like this, you're like there are some songs I think in my top nine I probably never would have considered. Because yes. of how much we talked about yes. it, and then what those end up doing is pushing out some yes. like uh, where is everybody is not on my list. But right. if I did that list before we did the podcast, it would definitely be on my right. list. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's you know I think I'll show you my work, um, and I'll even probably yeah. post this on yeah. our Facebook to show you like yeah. kind of my method. Your math. Yeah. You, you you took a math approach to yours. I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I had my knee jerk list ended up being more like 16 and it took me some time to whittle it down. And it did, I did have to think about, okay, well, what would I rather talk about that? That's going to make my list. So, but yeah, they're all toppers for me. So your, your zero would have ranked higher if we didn't do the podcast, because when I dwelled on it and focused on it, I liked it less. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I I'm, used sorry, to... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Former guest of the show. It's not a bad record, but I just, I just uh, we talked about it on the episode. Some of it, it just, just sounds seems, unfinished to me. There you go, and that's that's uh, as I listen to it on repeat, repeat, and uh, preparation for that episode, and especially actually uh, we had a great guest on that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name, Eric? Brian Strand. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Strand, and he like uh, really unveiled some things for me that made me think long and hard about that record. Right. And, yeah. Reusing uh, drum beats three times on the same album. Uh, yeah. Same, yeah. 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 So, and then his rating for that was actually pretty damn low. Um, yeah. I think he yeah. gave it a four. Yeah. He's not crazy about that one. Now, yeah. I, I I like it, but maybe for the wrong reasons. <laughs> but I do because really, of the world building. Yeah, yeah, and I do, and I do. I I think there are some really cool songs on Year Zero, uh, and it's a sound that they never return to, and it's yeah. that kind of like digitalized noodling um, that uh, that improvisation that they never really went back to um, that I like, and yeah, it gets a little samey. Um, but uh, and there are some definite low points on that album. Before we completely leave this conversation about albums, I'd like to point out: Did either of you? And we post a lot of shit online. I I don't care if you watch it or not. Or I don't take it personal. Clearly, <laughs> but did either of you watch that little thing with Trent Reznor talking about 
and Alessandro Cortini talking about since that I posted. Oh, you just shared that uh, today, I think, with us, right? Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it One yet, thing yeah. that actually does make me like the Pretty Hate Machine album more is whenever I think of uh, the, the situation that Mr. Reznor and his co-workers were in when that album was made. And they were trying to like maybe get their hands in any gear they could and uh, and stuff. Yeah. And that interview has a lot. Of, he he goes in depth about at the end of the eighties how there was these really high priced synthesizers that were like at the top of the mountain that he wanted. Yeah. But then they released like these really cheap ones, and he's like, oh, I can I can get my hands on a good synth now or a synth. But then it was like a watered down version, and people cared more about what like the the clanging bell sound was than what it could actually yeah. create. Uh, it's a good it's a good little chat. Oh, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes what, what Rob was saying about being a scrappy operation, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because I always, when I listened to Nine Inch Nails, even at Pretty Hate Machine, I was like, man, how is he capturing some of these sounds? Because mm-hmm. um, it just seemed like, you know, out of my realm. And um, I, we had a mutual friend um, in high school um, who also had a keyboard and synthesizer. And uh, we always tried to get something off the ground, but just. Skill and talent never caught up to uh, no. the uh, the ambition. So or patience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess. Uh, do you have anything else you want to mention about the albums? Or I'm I'm, I'm feeling good about that. Right. I just say that you know, there's no way the fragile wasn't my number one. That's that's been my like favorite. Might be my favorite record for the last twenty years. Yeah, that doesn't really change. Just when I die, just throw that CD in the coffin with me. All right. Twenty I, years ago, it came out. Yeah. Yep. Struthers, I am just calling to uh, kind of express my uh, love and fandom of Nine Inch Nails. Longtime fan, uh, probably the most significant, since we're talking about death. Um, both of my parents, when they passed away, I played uh, at my my father's funeral. I played uh, a warm place, and my mother's funeral, I played uh, leaving hope. And so those songs have some deep significance to me. Um, and I absolutely love the community that I have gotten from my fandom. I've got some great friends all over the world, and I'm looking forward to more. Thanks for all you do, guys, and I will keep following. Bye. All right, so let's uh, let's hit our top nine. And when I say top nine, there is going to be a number zero. Zero is going to be our quote unquote number one. That's right. So it's really so it's a really ten. a top ten. <laughs> yeah, it's just... really a top ten. But since this is a Nine Inch Nails podcast, we got to do yeah nine. And we implore you to do your own list and post it online. I'd love to see it. Yeah. The way the way we're doing this, it's similar to a podcast we brought up before called Eighties All Over. And Eric, would you like to describe what 80s All Over is? 80s All Over is a great podcast where they go through every episode is a different month of uh, starting from January 1980 all the way to December 1989. And they just talk about every movie that dropped that time. And at the end of every year, they do a recap episode where they uh, talk, you know, just about their favorite movies of the year. And they do do a top 10, but how they avoid... Uh, uh, just talking about the same, you know, movie twice is, you know, if somebody says that earlier on the list than another person, then the other person just says, yep, we'll talk about that later. So you may be hearing a little bit of that from us as to uh, enhance your the listening value of this conversation. Yeah, so for example, if I say that my, my number eight is um, Ghosts, disc three, track five, 
Eric would say, oh, we'll talk about that later. And then we wait until it's Eric's turn when he gets to it. And then we can both go. Yeah. yeah. And then if Eric gets to it and Mark has it, then Eric, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll see if that comes yeah. up. I may be a little confused that'll, by all this, but we'll, we'll That'll probably come shot. up with the kind of I want to. It's going to be on all our lists, sort of top. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, so, Mark started last time, so I think, Eric, you should start. All right. So my number nine, I have talked on this podcast a lot about my love of the remix, but I couldn't really justify putting a remix any higher than nine on my list. So my number nine is a remix, and it is uh, Heresy Blind. Definitely not on my list. Not on my list, yeah. <laughs> it is... Uh, uh, a fantastic remix by Dave Rave Ogilvy. Because it takes everything, it has all the elements that make the original version of that song great, um, but then adds this really out of sync, danceable beat to the background. And if I have headphones on or just in my car, I can't even believe where that crazy remix goes. It has dynamics more than most remixes, and um, it just gets me excited every time I hear it. It's a, it's a, it's a great remix, and I love remixes so much. The one had to be on my top nine, and in my opinion, this is the best one. Even though I almost said Self Destruction Part Two. <laughs> Because that one's got some crazy Adrian Blue noodling and all the guitar work from uh, Mr. Self-Destruct, but still not as amazing, not as sonically interesting as Heresy Blind. I do like that remix. I think you're um, not wrong for uh, picking a remix. That um, That's good. That, there's also a really... Uh, the other uh, Heresy remix on Further Down the Spiral... Uh, uh, version. version, yeah, very yep. cool. The, the further down the spiral, part two. Doesn't yeah. that version one sound a little bit like the Prince, like a Prince song? Well, he's he, got the high pitch, yeah, the, for the falsetto singing. He yeah. starts yep. it with, and yep. and it has that sample, right? Like, yeah. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah, not really. And then it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. a good one. No, it's a, that, that's, it's a fantastic. Yeah, one. but the blind one is very good yeah. too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, I recently re-listened to the episode where we discussed those, and um, it was amidst being totally confused because there's so many of those damn remixes on those, uh, singles and, and, uh, EPs that it's hard to keep track, but that, that one you called out in particular was, uh, appreciated then as well. Thank you. So. All right, Steve, let's hear your number nine. My number nine is one that recently shocked everyone when I said it's in my pantheon, which is the idea of you.
It's not on my list. I said it was going to be on my list. And I, you know, I mean, yeah. it's not that I, it would have been there either way, but I was like, I better have that on. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Eric? a great song. It's not on my list. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I just, uh, you know, I think it's a good, uh, noisy song that has great rising action towards the end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Mark thinks the guitarist sounds like something out of a Mountain Dew commercial. <laughs> I think it sounds like hyper compressed, hyper compressed Slayer or something. I, I dig it. It is a good song. I, I never said I didn't like this song. Um, my first impression of the song was, what is this? Um, but it sounds more like a Killing Joke um, song yeah. than anything. It's I mean, great. I, and that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I, that's a compliment. Yeah. It's fantastic. And the drumming is uh, unreal on that. So, yeah. I that is Dave Don't roll. roll against you. That yeah. is Dave Roll, right? It is. By the way, my way over here, I was listening to the radio. Sometimes it's nice to listen to the radio and just be surprised. Sure. As opposed to always picking what you're listening to. And uh, 98 Rock played me... Uh, the Foo Fighters cover of Baker Street, which is a fantastic hmm. song. Yeah. Yes. That is actually a really good song. It doesn't have any uh, saxophone in their version, but it's still really good. But the, the guitar work they do to mimic the saxophone is awesome. Yeah. Mark? Uh, my number nine is uh, off of With Teeth. That is the album Closer. It is right where it belongs. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. And we're going to get, get to that a little later. Okay. Sounds good. The first steal, like a white elephant. <laughs> yeah. We shut up until we get to it later. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right. It, would, it was not on my list, but it, I guess I should, it's not, there's no spoiling. It's not on my list, but it's, it, it could have been. Yeah. All right. Number eight, I'm just going to keep talking because there is no way it's on either of your list. In fact, I'm probably going to get crucified for even putting this song on my list at all, but it is a little gem off your zero called Vessel. But go ahead and explain uh, I yourself. I think when we, when, we, when we talked about it, I said it was it was the first, when I say new work, I mean work since I was less invested in Nine Inch Nails that I had heard that really piqued my interest. I said, oh, wow, this is a big beat. It's noisy. It's fuzzy. Um, I love the vocal delivery in the chorus. And then we talked about it, and you guys shut me down. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You guys, it's just out of all the songs yeah, on that album, yeah, I would not pick yeah, that one. And, uh, yeah. Um, I do like how it ties into the big story, but I re- the more I listen to it, the more I think it is the best representation of what they were trying to do with sound on Year Zero and the improvisational um, digital uh, back and forth that's going on. I think it's really good. I watched a live version of it, the Lights in the Sky tour, and... Um, it just made me appreciate it all the more. It's it, they're doing some really cool stuff in that song. Um, it's too bad. I couldn't sell it to you guys, but, um, I think it's a, a really solid, uh, track from that album. And if I had to pick one from your zero to make my list, it's that one. Interesting. That's wild. I mean, um, when I was uh, going through and trying to even pick my favorite albums, um, I didn't even check that one as, you know, one of my keepers. Um, I mean, I clearly I'm not here to hate on anything, no, but I, you no, know, I, no, I know you I'm guys just, and I, I'm not trying away. to troll you guys either. Of course not. That's course the one, not. that's the one that I, I, I probably listened to the most off year zero and I had to put a year zero song under that, that, that album made such a impression yeah. on me, even as flawed as it is. I'm going to be honest. I don't have anything from year zero from my top 10. Fair enough. Yeah. Or I nine. I don't think I do either. If I did, it would be the closer. 
Steven, let's hear what your uh, number eight is. I praised this song quite a bit when we discussed Hesitation Marks before. It's a style of Nine Inch Nails song I wish there was more of, but there's enough of it, which is the uh, funk industrial. And that would be all time low. Oh, yeah. It's a great so song. Yeah. yeah. I've heard all I need to know. Sixteen. Like I've told, yeah. you know, I, I like songs where Trent Reznor starts singing about trying to get somewhere, being lost, or you know, where's the map to get to this place I want to be at? And it's got, it's definitely got that vibe. Yeah. It's got just great production. It's a danceable song. Yeah. Yeah. I rewatched that uh, Tension tour uh, clip yesterday. Them playing it live. Those yeah. backup singers are just something else, which is not on the album version, but yeah, All Time Low is a, it's a, it's a great track. So. Yeah, that'd be my number eight. Number eight. eight. Fantastic. Uh, so my number eight, um, it's a track from the Downward Spiral. Um, and uh, you may think I'm a little crazy for putting this one on there, but it is Eraser. Guns. Awesome. <laughs> so I almost thought he was going to drop that. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot, and Big Man with a Gun really now speaks to me. me out. Yeah. If, if he said Big Man with a Gun really speaks to me, I'd be like, all right, let's turn this off. We need to talk to Mark off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we take this offline. Um, so, I mean, I, I've made no bones about it that I do like myself a list, uh, but everything, uh, it's not so much the lyrics in that song. It is the... Um, uh, just the piling on, the layering of instrumentation, um, and uh, just kind of the explosion of what happens towards the end, and how it just uh, it starts so quiet. It sounds like you know sprinklers, but it's just that. And I just the thundering drums, um, and just as uh, drums, then the. Um, baseline comes in. It's just the layering and the layering and the layering, the instrumentation. It's almost, um, yeah, I don't know that, that song just hits me. It's a very powerful song. Um, the, the, the lyrics again, I don't really connect with that, but I do like the fact that, um, it just, uh, it's a, it's a perfect painting of, of sound for me. 
it's the delivery it's cool. of yeah. the lyrics, despite the lyrics not being everything you might want them to be. The delivery is, is good. Yeah. Even if it like was just an instrumental, um, it would have been fine. Well, but play, I do like the fact that it's in there. No, it plays like, with your perception because it, it it's more instrumental than it is lyrics. That song, it is right. more of an instrumental song. And then the lyrics come in and, and sometimes you're, you're like, it just sounds right. Like you've been listening to a, a, a like a lyric verse, chorus, verse song the whole time until you realize, no, I've been listening to like four minutes yeah. of instrumental. And yeah, it's, and the space that they give that song to grow is definitely. Awesome. And, um, I remember what really actually struck me about that song is, um, the live video on closure. Oh yeah. Um, with the, the screens, they're all performing behind mm-hmm. there. Um, spotlights on each of the individual band members when they come in. Uh, Robin Fink is like sitting on the stage and just noodling around on his guitar. Um, I think that's when it really started to connect with me. And uh, I always have that image whenever I listen to the song, even in the studio version. One part of that song. One part of that song I've always liked my entire, as a teenager, was where it goes from the um, spoken slash whispered part into the yelling. Yes. With the guitar just barreling in. Yeah. That's a, oh man, you can't beat that. Yeah. 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 It's like a freight train coming at you. That's a good track, man. It really, it builds and it really starts kicking you in the teeth towards the end of it. Yeah. All right, Eric, what do you got next? All right, number seven. Um, This goes back to what I was saying earlier about Pretty Hate Machine and how it, how it grew on me. But this song I've, I may have made fun of in my youth, but I pretty much for the last 10 years have thought this is a, I don't care how cheesy it gets, such a wonderful, wonderful song, and it's a little track called Ring Finger. It's a good Ring song. Finger I love, is, it's is a fun great. song. Yeah. His, his vocal delivery is so damn catchy. Um, ah, come on, come on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> no, that's we, a good part. Yeah. And, uh, and Mr. Then, Richard Patrick gives us it. some of the coolest guitar work that we get on Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. And then that, Bionic that, guitar. That last uh, two minutes is like the most dancey that Nine Inch Nails gets. Love it's, it. It's, it's a blast. It's a good song. <laughs> that always, is a great song. I liked that song when I was younger. I still like it now. Uh, the lyrics are not the worst. Um, for what he's working with with the instruments that he has there's a good sense of like wonder and bewilderment to that chorus um, yeah like with the, yeah. With the that with that chiming keyboard mm-hmm. that comes yes, and goes I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about yeah it's a good song the production on that he gets a little bit more into the the like almost like hesitation era like crisp and clean not his noisy work but like crisp, well the bionic guitar is noisy but like just the way he does the bass and the dancey drums um it just kind of shows what he could do there, that he doesn't do a lot on the rest of that album. Did they play that on the Cold Black and Infinite tour? Uh, I don't. No, I mean, I, I didn't see I it at all. So. No, I would have gotten excited if I did. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good outro song, too. It is. As it definitely, um, with that bionic guitar and how it leads into what's coming next on the EP, mm-hmm. yeah. you can kind of yeah. tell, like, 
the having more, I don't know, chefs in the kitchen to uh, make it a little more organic. It's a good stepping stone yeah, to what came next. Definitely, it's a good song. I've been I on, really I've been like on a filter kick lately. I was texting you guys yesterday that I really like the album. Uh, Trouble with Angels. Trouble with Angels. Yeah, check it out. It's good. I did a run through on Filter a couple years ago, and I wasn't disappointed. No, um, the high highs never get really that high, but they never have low lows, right? You know, so, yeah. And you can't you can't beat their their uh, their single is one of the best '90s. Like they weren't a one hit wonder, but that was their biggest hit. Hey man, nice shot. You can't that song. You can't top. That's a good. It's song. it's a great track. I think my problem with Filter is he could never figure out. Um, he never had like a mission statement. Like mm-hmm. this is the direction I'm going to go. I think once he got a taste of success with uh, title of record, especially with that song, take my picture or take a picture. Well, yes. I, take a picture. Take a picture. Um, I think they were like, Oh, well this is going to sell some records. So I should just do this, which is weird because the first single off that album is awesome. It is. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. what was the, it's I, called I, like welcome to the something. Yes. And it's great. Welcome to the fold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, I know they, they, they actually, Tried to go in too many different directions and can never figure out what they're doing. That's a good point. I yeah. would kill your which, father to destroy your seed, I think is a lyric. Which is funny you mention that because I think, didn't you mention recently they're going to, they're doing a new. I heard they're doing short bus 2.0. That's not what they're calling it actually. I was reading it. Um, but that's how they're describing it. Yeah, but he's, the whole band has had turnover after mm-hmm. turnover except for Mr. Patrick. Mm-hmm. I said Mr. because I can't remember. It's Richard. It's Richard. <laughs> yeah. Robert's the T1000. Richard, if you reply to my Facebook message, I remember your name. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, it's it's basically Brian Lee's gang. It came back. They haven't done anything no, together since. Apparently, they were at a show together in some uh, a Veruca Salt show, mm. and she the stopped theater. the show and pointed out that they should get back together, which I feel like it was staged. Interesting. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not like called Short Bus Part Two, but right. that's what they're going for. So All right. we'll see. My number seven, yes, mm-hmm. is a little song called. Now remember, this is the. Nine Inch Nails and everything Trent Reznor related podcast. Oh, yeah. That is a broad scope, my friends. Mm-hmm. We've talked about a lot of music on this podcast. We certainly have. Oh, my God. And so my next song is Video Drones Question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 it's a mantra off that uh, oh, Sound City oh, soundtrack. Wow, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. To desire. To define. That song really that song really sticks to my ribs. That's a it's a great song. Yeah, um, there's no denying it's not on my list. I did try to just keep it within the confines of Nine Inch Nails, but I I respect that. 
I mean, Trent Reznor, you're right. I mean, you could his fingerprints are all over. Oh, he that. makes that song. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, actually, all three of those guys, I think, bring something equally to that song, and that's oh yeah, uh, Josh Homme, Dave Grohl, and Trent Reznor, and it's just good guitar, bass, drums, and keyboard. Yeah. And um, I mean, even my mom likes that song for some reason. I thought she'd like it. I sent it to her, and she likes it. It's great. But uh, as it, it builds well, has a good melody. And uh, the part where Trent Reznor specifically comes in towards the end singing, yeah. I really enjoy. Yeah, um, I remember when I first really decided that was a great song was uh, I was at a all-weekend bachelor thing in San Diego for a friend who got married and then uh, got divorced within a year. And um, I, was, I, was, I, I split off from the group, and I might have texted you guys that night. I don't know, but we, we did the beer crawl. And yeah. I, I listened to that song. I was like, this is this might be the best song in the world, guys. And I'd, I would kill song. for a full-length record from those three. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, uh, you know, put all that tapeworm stuff, which I don't even know if we even really discussed tapeworm we too did. much on We this. discussed we there did. wasn't much to discuss. Like maybe a paragraph or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it took five minutes of that. We talked about when... Uh, Pusifier put it. Pusifer put Pusifer, out yeah. put out that potion song, which yeah. was supposed to yeah. be tapeworm. Tapeworm so. was going to be something for years. We like were like tapeworm. Oh gonna yeah, be, you know, get ready. Yeah, and it kind of <laughs> went over like the Mueller report. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Mantra was good off the Sound City soundtrack. I suggest everybody check that soundtrack out. Like we said before, as other good artists. The documentary yeah. is on Amazon Prime right now, and it's a blast. Yeah, it's very good. It's Mark? very good. Uh, so my number seven um, comes from the Fragile. Um, it's uh, it's an instrumental, even though there are a little bit of vocalization. Um, uh, but for whatever reason, this song is just kind of like my last uh, on Eraser. But this can I, is can I guess it? You bet. Is it just like you imagined? Just like you imagined. Oh. <laughs> No, just like you imagined, um, is another one of those uh, songs with you know just more instrumentation layering on each other, and um, they played it live on the Fragility uh, 2.0 tour um, with Charlie Clouser, um, Jerome Dillon, Alessandro, Robin Fink, and uh, it was just as great as it is on record. That's the one with Mike Garson on the album. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, God, that album or that song is so good. Like the bass line. I mean, um, I think just the musical composition alone. Um, I, I know, 
I at certain points of this podcast, um, Eric was like, "You just don't like instrumental music." <laughs> I was just ribbing you, buddy. Um, but I do have to say, like this one, um, I'm I'm proud to have this one on my list, even though uh, people always um, connect this to the 300 trailer. Um, oh yeah. And uh, when that Zack Snyder 300 <laughs> movie came out, the first trailer had this song in there, and I was just like, I guess. It's and, funny. I, I saw it in theaters because probably of that. Trailer. I never saw 300, so I could keep. Yeah. I felt like the trailer was all I needed to see, and it was perfect with that song. Yeah. I just made a connection in my head. The 300 trailer was just like you imagine is used in it, and everybody, a lot of people know it from that. Yeah. And then he made Watchmen. And now Trent Reznor is going to make Watchmen. It's weird. Music. Yeah, it's all connected, man. Time is a flat circle. Mm. Um, I'll get back to that. By later. the way, did you see that HBO trailer with all like coming this year? And it's like, mm-hmm. like the new Deadwood clip and yeah. like all this stuff. And then the Watchmen thing showed up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also, the dead, I just put, there's I also my, a Deadwood clip on there. Yeah, there was. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah, which is also super exciting. But uh, yeah, just like you imagine, I, I love that track. I think it's uh, indicative of what musical powers Trent Reznor has. But that's just yeah. me. Oh, man, that song live, too. Um, towards the end where they all chant together. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's awesome. a video, I think, on YouTube of them at rehearsal. And, mm-hmm. like, Trent's, like, getting the live band ready. And he's, like, pointing and, like, kind of conducting a little bit. Um, it's really neat. Yeah, they're that's good. Awesome. That's, a, that's a good track. Yeah. yeah, I think when we accuse Mark of uh, being unenlightened to the powers of indus- or instrumental music, I think more... Uh, Mike, like myself, he has a little patience for noodling and like a lot of the instrumental Nine Chanel's music, not the score stuff, right. ghosts. Sure. It's just like, all right, put your scratch pad away. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to the, <laughs> just play the goddamn part. Yeah, already. exactly. Um, Eric, yeah, let's hear your number six. six. You guys may have this on yours. Wish. Nope. Nope. It, All right. Surprisingly not. Like it was, uh, when I did my bracket, it was in there, yeah. but, uh, it's I had a- to whittle down. For me, if I overanalyze it too much, this it drops. The, it drops for me. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, if we did this list before we did the podcast, it would probably be on mine. Yeah, yeah. It's if if I if I overanalyze it too much, it drops lower. But it's such. This one is all nostalgia for me. This is the first song that made me fall in love with him, and Greg Walgas showed it to me all those years ago. Um, and I do think what it has going for it is, even if uh, the. the the lyrics are great, like just like it's like a perfect like fuck you song, um, but it's it is a little childish, but that's okay. Um, but the way this song rocks and pulls you into it, mm-hmm. and and just keeps keep stringing you along, and and every time you think they've rocked as hard as they can on the song, they rock a little harder. Um, I, I, I I love it, and just for nostalgia, it has to be on here somewhere. Yeah, um, so. I still love that song to this day. Oh, wish yeah, it gets me I every time. I'm glad they played it every show. Um, yeah, the part where they take a breath and the drums start doing... The drums in that song kind of do like a cyclone. Oh, man. Yeah. And that cyclone kind of was like also why I like the idea of you. Yeah. Like it's just they start yeah. going. Yeah. And um, yeah. actually, I wanted to talk a little bit later about artists we who do good Nine Inch Nails covers. 
but there's not a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Dillinger did a really. That's why I was just bringing. I was going to bring it up now. Yeah. I mean, we don't even have enough meat on that bone to talk about it much later. If you want to Google or YouTube Nine Inch Nails covers, there's a ton of bad ones. Really, there's hundreds. Um, (laughs) Johnny Cash is hurt. Of course, we've talked about that. Dillinger does a version of Wish, which is really good. And also, I I didn't realize this until a few weeks ago. Friends of the show Behemoth do a version of Wish. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I still yeah. need to like dig that. that one out. Yeah, it was it's not the best yeah. version of it? Yeah. But uh, my, yeah, my it's problem still... with that is it's it's uh, the the vocal delivery of the verses is a little too like rushed and robotic. It but sounds then like a, he really lets it go during the chorus. It sounds like a B side. Cool. Yeah, but yeah. it's still I was I was yeah. amused by a band that I really got into over the course of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Did a nice nails cover I had no idea of. But no, Wish is um, no yeah, nostalgia play my. The quality of that song, the nostalgia of it, equals how good that song is. Oh, yeah. If that makes yeah. sense for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my. I don't knock that being on the list. That's a, yes. a great song. I think it's, man. it's awesome. Good video yeah. too. Great video. Um, number seven. Uh, six. Number six. Yep. <laughs> Head down. Oh. Not on mine. Yeah. I, on I the episode, it's I talked about song. Yeah, I talked about how much I like fucking it. song. Yeah. On the episode, I, I called out how much I like that song. Um, the last minute and a half of that song just kicked me on my ass. All timer. Yeah. It's, um, that's, that's just where the song kind of like sonically, it's, it's got this good pace to it. But then in the last third of it, it kicks things up a bit. They layer on some more synths and it does, Sometimes the Nine Inch Nails Collective are able to give you a really cool sense of place, and they're able to make you think that you're in a room this big, and then they flip a switch and the room gets this much bigger. And I think that song does a great version of it. Like, great yeah. job at that. It's good description. Yep. So, good description. head That's down. That's great. Mark? Um, so, I did nine, eight, seven. So, we're on number six, yes? Yeah. Uh, so, this is one off of uh, With Teeth. Um, it's uh, The Hand That Feeds. There you go. You're keeping it still
Oh. Good choice. Sometimes good an choice. obvious answer is a good answer. Uh, any, yeah. any, any, any. It's not on my list. It almost, it almost it, was. It was one of yeah. the last. It was one of the last really to just, go. It's a great song. Like it should be yeah. on anybody's list. It was one so, of the last to get kicked off mine. Yeah. yeah. The hand that feeds is um, by far like it's one of their most commercial sounding songs, but politically it, it fits right in uh, during that time. During this time, it's uh, it's an amazing track. Um, it's. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's a radio hit, but uh, it's just a phenomenal fucking track. I instead don't know. of a it's guitar a solo, instead of a guitar solo, they went with a keyboard solo, which yeah. I which I love. Um, it's got a great rhythm. You can shake your ass to it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was bold to come out with something that radio friendly after being away for so long, <clears> but still sounding just like Nine Inch Nails. It's got that clear-eyed focus vocal delivery too. Right. Like he's yeah, he's like. It's I'm when here, he started. He started to sing here. better yeah, on that al- yeah, on that album. Yeah. And also, yeah, it was when uh, he decided that he's not just going to sing much as much about internal stuff as right. external. Yeah. Which to this day, kind of the direction they went in. And as Rob Sheridan told us, like what he sung about on that album ended up planting the seeds for Year Zero mm, and sure. political places he wanted to go later on. Yeah. It's a great song. No, it is, it's a great song. I mean, it, again, if I didn't do the podcast, I probably would have found a home here because I've overthought. To an extent. I mean, um, yeah, I just went with my gut on, on and the, kind of the rest of the way are going to be a little more obvious, but I think if it's the definitive Nine Inch Nails uh, top 10 songs, I, I think these have a place for not yeah. just me, but for the world. Well, yeah, if there's if yeah. a greatest hits package, that album, that song's at the, at the top. Oh, man, yeah, that's right. hit and clean up. And like yep. I said before, they, when they pair that together live with, like they did when we saw them with Head Like a Hole, yeah, it's such a good one-two punch. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Any time that I'm writing in the car alone, or if we see this song played live, I'm screaming the lyrics mm-hmm. at the top of my lungs. I just, yeah. I love this song. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. All right, Eric. All right, five, and I'm going to kick it back to you, Mark. I'm ready to talk about right where it belongs. All right. You keep looking, but you can't find the Until it gets in the, to his spot on the list, it was our, it was no, my it was already. Nine. Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah. guys. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for me, right where it belongs um, is a uh, like one of my favorite all time um, album closers. Uh, just the way the production work, um, how the vocals, um, just like what we had described as if someone opened the door and walked through it. Um, and the way the, the the how it lines up with the lyrics too, right? About just like what's real, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So good, I, yeah, it's a genius. I I I think um, it's just a perfect song in terms of its instrumentation and, and its uh, lyrics. I was just shocked at how this song got to me. I was um, yeah when I was do, when I, we were doing with teeth. I was more critical than you guys about it, but I, a few of the songs I really liked. But this song, 
I would catch myself like waking up at three for some weird reason, go to the bathroom or whatever, and then get back in bed and then like not being able to go back to sleep because this yeah. melody was just hitting like yeah. in like the oh, lyrics. Yeah. And it was just, it's just like, oh, wow, how did I, and I've known about this song. Yeah. I've seen this song live before it's when like I was very... younger. And just for some reason now it was just like, it's good. And it's, it's, it's a weirdly earnest song. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just uh, the way he's singing it, it almost has like a sweet tone to his voice. It's and very pretty. He's, he's not like saying, you dumbass, you don't know what reality is. He's like, he's asked, saying it more as a question. And it's like a very not from a very non-judgmental place. And it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a sweet song. I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I really I, do. I love that song. I think I talked about it in the episode where I was being a early 20s uh, emo man. And I drove down to the coast and listened to With Teeth on Repeat, and that song was the one I repeated the most. Oh, yeah. It was a great song, very pretty song. It would be on my list if I didn't think about my list so much. <laughs> and I, I didn't even, most of my list was like just from gut feeling. Yeah. But um, no, that, that song is definitely in the upper echelon of Nine Nail songs. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a great one. And yeah. uh, like I said, I like a song where it sounds like when they're done, they close the piano and he does that. Yeah. We talked about this when we, when we recorded this too, but talk about. Um, missing the point the version two of this where it's just a acoustic guitar and it doesn't have that vocal effect yeah. yeah it's like it's so just funny to listen to both of them because the acoustic guitar one is the one that like the internet was going crazy for but like that whole vocal effect is like the song like that song yeah. Yeah. The, the sonic touches on that yeah. song and like and i was listening to headphones you can hear like bus like pulling up and like driving off or like maybe it's an airplane or something like there hmm. is transportation sounds in the beginning of that song Interesting. too it's it's yeah. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's what I got. Uh, the vocal effect Eric is talking about is that about uh, at the end of the second chorus, maybe. Yeah. There, uh, it, it, like it gets a hyper clarity where the, the vocals come to the front. It's right. very interesting. You hear yeah. like an audience rise, like right. a crowd rise, mm-hmm. and then his vocals would sound like it's three rooms away suddenly get clear yeah. from that last, yeah. that last, that last round. It's so. un, it's unreal. It's my, really uh, cool. my next one, I'm going to kick it back to Eric later is yeah. Ruiner. Okay, thank you. So, <laughs> <I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know me so well. We'll sweetie. talk about Ruiner later. You sweetheart, <laughs> you know me well. All right, uh, so yeah, Ruiner is not on my list. I think it's a great track, but we'll talk more about that. Um, so uh, the next one, uh, we are on nine, eight, seven, six, uh, five, right? Uh, head like a hole. So that was my first introduction to Nine Inch Nails, period. Flat, stop, period. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Um, as soon as I hear this track, um, I'm a fan for life. You get ready, man, when you hear yeah. this song. <laughs> like, it just gets you. Um, I sometimes think uh, it's 
I've heard this song probably in the uh, hundred thousands. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ah, I don't really need to hear this song ever again. Um, but then when I see it live, it just, it's so cathartic. Uh, mm-hmm. It just, it hits you with just that wave of nostalgia um, and also just the future at the same time. I don't, I can't explain it better than that. Mm-hmm. It's just something that. Uh, you're, you're dead on. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, when you listen to it at the album and you listen to it live, it translates so well to what they sound like now yeah. that there were, but and even if it sounds different when you hear that, the album version, there's still those, just that edginess and that, and that just kind of uh, that driving force and, and anger. And it's, it's, right. and it's great. And the lyrics are, you know. Very good, especially considering the album it's on right. and, and everything that, like that. It's, that's funny, yeah, because we just talked a minute ago about how Hand That Feeds is kind of like a step in the direction away from internal internal lyrics. Yeah. But they started off with, like, it was kind of like a political anthem. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. God money. That, that song, like, when I, sometimes I'm like, do I need to hear a head like a hole again? Totally. But if I give it, like, 15 seconds, I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just one of those things that... Uh, I don't want to, why do they have to keep playing this song? But then I'm just like fist pumping in the air and screaming at the top of my, just, it's, it's a, it's a great song to like bring the audience When they play together. it live, I love how they give the, um, opening guitar chunks a little room to breathe. Yeah. They let them, uh, wow. Yeah. Drift wow. out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, would you, uh, would you guys, uh, uh, just, just humor me for a second here. Um, when, when we did that first episode, we and we didn't do like we do now, where we actually listen to every remix or whatever. And we, we, we blew past the head like a whole single for good reason. Yeah. Because a lot of it sounds the same. Um, that being said, there's a really cool uh, remix of Head Like a Whole. Uh, I think it's the Slate remix. But anyways, no, it's not. <laughs> well, there's got to be a reason, <laughs> yeah, not just yeah. because. I mean, Trent Reznor is at the stage of his career; he could play anything that he wants, but he always right. plays this yeah. song for whatever reason. So I think there is yeah. some sort of emotional connection. Right. But for oh, him. What, oh, the the story I was going to tell there was that Adrian Sherwood. We laughed at it, saying like, "Oh, he makes the worst Nine Inch Nails remixes." Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've actually doing my, during my research since then. Adrian Sherwood, here's why he was important. He was the king of the dub remix. He absolutely was. Yeah. So with uh, ministry? Uh, he, and he, re, he produced their Twitch album, which is actually my second favorite ministry album. Um, it would be. And uh, uh, <laughs> But the funny thing about, about him was, yeah, he, he was into dub music, but he actually brought the rhythm section from um, the, uh, the, 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 the rap group that did Rapper's Delight. Um, Sugar Hill Gang. Sugar, Sugar Hill Gang. Gang so yeah. he brought them over, and they created an industrial group called Tackheads, it's actually kind of cool. Huh. So anyways, it's like, uh, so that's just kind of a fun little uh, Adrian Sherwood uh, aside. That's why he was important, and I guess that's why he was working with groups that Oh, time. he's probably more important than we gave him. Yeah. On this podcast, we didn't give him much of, enough credit, and we didn't talk enough about Alan Mulder. We didn't talk enough no. about Alan Mulder. Yeah, Alan Mulder is basically yeah. like the George Martin of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, Head Like a Hole is a great goddamn song. Yes, it is. Yeah. And also, uh, friends of the show... Who broke up during the duration of the show? Uh, Machine Head. Um, oh, they uh, well actually everybody left the band except the lead singer. There's a there's a YouTube video version of them doing like a a, a version of it live that I really like with bongo drums. Head like a hole. All right, nice. Eric, it's your turn. Uh, my number four is a recent one we discussed. Background World. Good.
top mine, but man, it was really close. Yeah, it was really close. We went, yeah. we went it, it, it got to round two, at yeah. least, I think. We, we went into how good this song is, but um, his vocals are top-notch for him, and just that damn melody mm-hmm. weaves in and out of that song the whole time, and it is one of his best, just dark and light at the same time, and, and an earworm. And that song is, and like you said, can't help but see walk. Yeah, yeah. Get you moving. Yeah. I don't know. It's, there, it's there was true. something in the studio when they were making that song, man. Yeah, it's, it's a great yeah. tracking. Yeah. Um, because like that that bridge between is this real? You yeah. know, just yeah. oh man. Yeah. Like once it seems like yeah, the bass yeah. Drops, it, it, does, it, it it has it sounds like a new song, but also calls back to old songs. Yeah, and then when they do that change, what you're talking about, it doesn't just go to a new sound entirely. It does. The bass line actually has been. I realized this last time when I was prepping for this there there's two bass lines in that song that go at the same time yeah they, they they're they're playing two bass lines at the same time and one of those is the second one when it changes so does the first one just stop uh yeah and then okay. the second one just was in there the whole time then continues on anyway that's it's, wild it's 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 really cool that's a that, that's that song is great and i just i really just do love what they're messing with on their new new stuff and just kind of gives me hope that they're gonna always put out something interesting yeah uh, that one's extremely has a great melody but also is extremely noisy yeah, yeah. it yeah. uh, takes you the whole gamut. Yes, it's a good track. Yes, yeah. All, All right, right, Steve. Number this four might be a marks, but maybe not. Every day is exactly the same. Song. Yeah, it's a, it's a great song. Yeah. It's my only representation of with teeth on my list. Okay. Um, oh, that's surprising. It's yeah. because this one just always sticks. I I've never not liked this song. It's, it's I've always thought it's an amazing song. Yeah. I think it's amazing how it moves at the same exact pace throughout the entire thing, yet it still has tons of dynamic uh, spacing to it. Yeah. Um, love the drums on it. I love the vocal or yeah, the vocals are good. The lyrics actually, like when I was stuck in my dead end job uh, years ago, yep. like I just fucking some days loved listening to it and being like, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, I, and I, the, the part I've, I've gone, we all love Trent Reznor vocal ticks. Yeah. And the part where he kicks it up and goes, what else I can do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great song. It, that is a great song. I mean, um, it's a very polished song. Um, I, I can't believe it was never just a monster hit. I mean, it really does seem to be tailored. I think it's just because, I, I don't know. I think it's because it's, it has that consistent pace. And I think that pace is not a monster hit pace. Yeah. I, it's I kind of a prob- slower song. It, it kind of like steps forward. It lumbers forward, but it's, it's like a robot that steps at perfect intervals, but it's still a slow robot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just those choruses are catchy as hell. Um, I, you know, and some people may, and I don't know if how popular Wanted, that movie with... And we talked about that, but this movie was, I think, featured twice in that movie. It wasn't that popular. Yeah, but... Uh, Man, National Jail songs are in a lot of movies that are not that good. No, 
Let's uh, fucking. Uh, my wife loves the series. Uh, what are the ones about? What are the ones about? Uh, uh, Final Destination. Final Destination. Yeah. It was like a theme song to Final Destination. Yeah. 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 Into the Void. Um, but yeah, no, great song. I don't, I don't knock you for that. I, I don't think have a lot great. to say about that song, um, but it is in my uh, likable with T songs as opposed. It's got to my great piano. Unlikable with T songs, but yeah, and it's got actually some of the coolest synth work. Um, yeah. it, but it's yes. hidden in the background. It's got yeah. some yeah. Yeah. A, as you call it, Miami Vice synths going yeah. on in the background there. Which are some great stuff. Sorry, Steve, don't slap me. Yeah, it's too. <laughs> so, to your listeners, yep. for whatever reason, like uh, Eric and I are borderline alcoholics. Mark just likes beer, and for whatever reason, I decided that when I hear beer cans pop in the podcast, it enrages me, which is just kind of like an asinine on my part. But yeah. you know, just cracking some cold ones with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it bugs me so much. Yeah. But you know, for a podcast that's had so many journeys with the audio quality, I guess I. Just, uh, oh, that's in our next segment after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Steve, great choice. Uh, so my number four um, is closer. I'm saying I'm going obvious here, but I'm glad that one of us is because all these songs are great songs. Like when I talk, when we talked about the, when we cover the downward spiral, I closer is a fucking masterpiece. Closer is is by far Beethoven's ninth symphony for crying out loud. Um, Rise in action. man. If you just take out the whole fuck you like an animal lyrics, I swear this thing belongs in a museum. Ah, leave those fucking lyrics in there. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like, yeah, the kids got to learn sometime or other. Um, (laughs) It's funny that there's there's those uh those lullaby versions of artists you like yeah, CDs yeah and then yeah there's lullaby closer and I'm just like, what are they doing <laughs> I mean I know that it's uh, like you know a stripper's favorite song but I'm telling you it's got uh, influences from Iggy Pop to Prince uh, to David Bowie. Um, I mean, there's so much going on in this song. Uh, Brian Eno's probably also inf- uh, an influence in this song. It's just unreal. This is just, uh, it's a master stroke um, in instrumentation and uh, angst and apathy. It's so good. So good. So good. And I'm really surprised. I know that, like, uh, I, I mean, I guess I have to be the popular one. No, there's the too bunch. many good songs to pick. That's oh, I guy. know. I know. Yeah. 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 You, don't, you don't do a podcast covering every song about an artist you like if not every song is worth talking about. Yeah. I mean, and these are all timers. Yeah, I no, mean, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, Closer is so good. 
The video is a masterpiece. And like we've said before, the underwater piano sound, which Trent Reznor said, scary monster. Uh, yeah. Ashes yeah. to Ashes, where yeah. that came from. Yeah. That helped lead me to Ashes to Ashes and my yes. love of David Bowie yes. beyond just Labyrinth. Yep. And um, and this connection to All Time Low, which is... <laughs> yep, which we discovered on but the... But also but even in the fact that it's... But, it, but, but yep. even it's, uh, it's, it's kind of space funk like All Time Low. It, it is, now that we think about it. Yes, it is definitely space industrial funk. Yeah. And also, like, if they never got as popular as they did from that song, who knows if they would have went as far as they did. Right. You know? Yeah. The song's amazing. It's a great song. And just the last two minutes, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the last two minutes alone send you on a When you're just layering psyche. stuff on, you got the drums, then you got the... <laughs> 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 you can't... No. Yeah. Put that in a package and give it to your mom for Christmas. It's a perfect song. It's yeah. a perfect song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the lyrics might curl her hair, but, you know. <laughs> she has to learn sometimes, too. Or her toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Eric? <laughs> All right, Eric, what do you got? Number three. My number three. So I was going back and forth on what my number three would be for this. Both songs are songs I assumed were not songs Trent likes. One of them was Perfect Drug. I ended up leaving that off my list, and I went with, especially after seeing him in concert, Last is my number three. Good. in the contention but that's, I didn't, I I'm going to cut you off like I typically it. do yeah it's fine that song is one I started liking more because of the podcast yeah it was always just the next track on Broken to Me oh man yeah and then after we talked about it I was like fuck that song is fucking my monster it's got riffs for <laughs> yeah. days so, and seeing that bad boy live was quite oh, something yeah. oh yeah, yeah. that was yeah. special so anyhow so and and it's like you're saying but I think I I I I, be, I fell in love with the song a little earlier than you did because I always went wish to like happiness and slavery to gave up is like my big three on broken and then one time mm-hmm. I just sat with last after after wish and I was just like man he's doing stuff with his vocals here that I have just the never delivery heard is and just, will never yeah. hear again it's I think the so delivery good. is just ferocious yeah, yeah. On that song just shredding yeah. those vocals and it just man. shows like how much they can rock mm-hmm. and they don't always they rarely rock like that like in that way. You know what I mean? Oh man, yeah, that one so part, the part of the song where it's like it sounds like a guitar going backwards and then, <laughs> and then just like a pile drive yeah. that hits yeah. you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's got it's got it's got that. It's got the it's got the like it's not are they saying come on come on come on come on uh, I'm, I don't have come, the lyrics come, in come, front come, of me. Yeah. Something, yeah. something yeah. Oh, yeah, inside yeah. of you. Yep, yep, yep. Got that part. Mm-hmm. And then it's also got the, like... This wasn't meant It's got the, I love it when there's Nine Inch Nails. They, they have slick guitar work sometimes. 
Yeah. 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 Great effect. Mentioned in the episode we talked about it. Uh, Cabin in the Woods credits. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially since the, the lyric that they that just zones in on is, you know, pigs we get what pigs deserve. Right? Yeah. When the big old gods are destroying yeah. their world. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Good song. That is a great song. So that's my number three. My next one would be on your guys' list if you thought outside the box. Uh-oh. Because when we talked about it on our Marilyn Manson episode, we discussed how it's a masterpiece, which is The Reflecting God. Which I okay. think Trent Reznor's fingerprints are on that song enough. He helped write it. Yeah, I'll accept <laughs> you know? it. Danny Loner plays it. the yeah. acoustic guitar during the breakdown sure. yeah. in the middle. That song uh, is a uh, masterstroke. Album's produced yeah. by Trent Reznor, but also he helped write that song. Yeah, and uh, it's just a fucking great song. Yeah, it's it it's it it is a three act play in itself. It's um it is. I, it I think is. it's some of Marilyn Manson's best lyrics. Yeah, and it is. I, I would probably put that as my number one favorite Marilyn Manson yeah. song. Yeah, and I think. Yeah. And I think Trent Reznor's production, Trent Reznor, he took the, that album was going to be good either way. He made it great. And uh, like we talked about on the episode, he had a few years in between Downward Spiral and Antichrist Superstar to like figure some things out. Yeah, I could see And that. some of those tricks just make some of those songs really just yeah. awesome pieces of music. Yeah. yeah. And Reflecting God, which he helped write, which I keep repeating to justify it on this list. He just really, uh, it's just a masterpiece. I remember yeah. I drove you home after a night of the town and you... You just put that song on, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm I'm good on this album. I'm going to listen to this whole thing." Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a it's a. If it's, there's any way to sell Marilyn Manson as being, you know, more than maybe what you thought, it's that song. Yeah, and it's so high on my list because that's that's how much I like that song. So, yeah. there you go. That song's great. Um, all right, so my number three uh, comes from Broken. Um, it uh, is the the closer. It's uh, gave up.
closure on that album. I, it would be suck, I know, no. but... Uh, no, it's not. No, that was meant to not even be on exactly. Broadway. You're exactly yeah. right. It gave up. You know what? Yeah. Steve needs to listen to our old episode. Gave up would have been, if we didn't do the podcast, would have definitely been on my list. Right. So yeah. Um, I love that track. Um, I think uh, the lyrics um, and kind of going back to Steve, I uh, remember seeing the video and... Marilyn Manson was in that mm-hmm. video. Yep. Playing. That was fun. That was kind of like a Marvel Universe moment. We're like, oh, these guys are <laughs> That's right. together, you know? We had Filter, we had Tweaker, we had Marilyn Manson, and we had Nine Inch Nails see, all in one room. I'm the guy that saw the damn stupid Broken movie first and the gave up video from that. Just scarred you for life. It's just, it's just disgusting. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> this song have a video? And then they did. And it turned yeah. out it was a great one. <laughs> um, but gave up. Um, man, so... We go down memory lane a little bit. Um, so me and Steve went to high school together, and we uh, hated we, each other. We were best of friends. Um, we were the gruesome twosome, the dynamic duo, all of that. And there'd be times I drove this really piece of shit um, Chevy white truck. I have a lot of good, a lot of good memories of the accident machine. Oh, the accident machine, because <laughs> there was many an accident to be had in that goddamn boat. <laughs> um, but. Me and Steve would hang out all day out, out after work or after school, and then um, we would go. I would have to then drive him home. I didn't get my license till I was twenty years old. Yep. I'm and glad. To, I'm glad to report my little sister, who's like twenty three now, she did the same thing. There you go. <laughs> hey, there's no rush. She's just reducing her carbon footprint. There you go. Um, but uh, man, I just uh, for whatever reason gave up. I just uh, whenever I hear this song, I picture. Me and Steve driving um, down a very dark country road, mm-hmm. um, driving to Newcastle, and to take him home, and we would play air drums mm-hmm. to pretty much all of Broken, and uh, this was no exception. Um, and uh, yeah, like we would trade off the vocal parts. Mm-hmm. This is very nostalgic for me. I, I, I love this song. Yeah, no, the, the old Night Nails, I always think of my good buddy Mark because of that. <laughs> but yeah, and also, uh, like I mentioned before on this, uh, Eric still rolls with it, is a discman with a good anti-skip protection. <laughs> <laughs> I did give him the cassette version of this last time, I think we... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't beat Gave Up. And um, that the opening, just the kick drums are awesome. And uh, Mashed up my sanity. Yep. Yeah. So it's a great song. It's also, it kind of sums up I mean, Broken's just so angry, and I, I think that the one tra- track that sums it up, actually, La- Last and Gave Up both could sum that EP up well. Yeah, so. yeah. Good Eric, choice. what do you got for number two? My number two. Or number one, actually, because, right. So, yeah. Um, right, oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Zero is our number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, no, no. This is number two. This is two. Okay. So we, have, we, we should each have three more selections. We have three more selections yeah. left. Nope, I only have two more selections. One, two. Because well, you, you got skipped one. You got screwed. There you go. We, we took one yeah. away. There yeah, you we go. took one away. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so my number two is a little track that's also a number two on an album called Terrible Eye. Uh, we'll get to that later. Oh, hold on a sec. Yeah, we'll get to that All later. Right. <laughs> that is amazing. All right. So my number two, or number two, mm-hmm. is also a number two. Mm-hmm. It's The Day the World Went Away. Beautiful. Not on your list, Mark? Hold on a sec. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine. You should have oh, ten on your list. Actually, you know what? I screwed up, but go ahead. I only have okay. nine, but go ahead. Yeah. Hey, look at you. You get an extra slot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get a, yeah. The day the world went away. The sun 
actually my number one for a while um i think it's just a a song that i think it was really ballsy to release it as the first single off uh the fragile because it's not a conventional single at all and so when everyone like we were talking about with our guests a few weeks ago was expecting you to come back and save rock and roll when you do this song that sneaks up on you um is slow and isn't really necessary verse, chorus, verse. I think that's really impressive. And I remember when I first heard it, I was kind of confused at first. But then the fact that I was confused made me happy because I was like, this is kind of ballsy. And um, I like. I, I started to like it more. And as I've grown up, when I listen to that song, it just takes me to a place that's kind of calm but also has some like yeah. foreboding shit around it. Like I've said also, I feel like it helped me get into sludgier acts like the oh, Melvins. Yeah, yeah, it's that, just that it's, it's a slow, huge riff. Yeah. And you know, yeah, Melvins, Mogwai, that's like that's my shit. I love I love slow, loud stuff. And I think that the Day of the World Away really introduced me to slow, loud stuff. I also love the lyrics. Um and no matter how long it's been when I hear that song, I'm almost usually forced to sing with it. And uh, also, live, it's very good. They flush it out a little bit more, and they have like a, a three-man crew come out and do the, uh, the guitars, which I love. And also, the version on Still is amazing. So, yeah, they rolled good away. Choice. Good choice. It's way up there. It's fantastic. I think my son Lennox made his list, and he put his... Yeah, I was impressed by that. Top. Yeah. It really, uh, it just, I feel like it opened up doors for me sonically about what a good rock song could be. Yeah. So, I no drums. It's, awesome. it's uh, yeah. There's no drums in there, right? No yeah, drums. the rhythm's all the the, the power chord like yep. uh, repet, re- repetition. Yeah, it's they amazing. do put drums on it when they play it live. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. But it's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great song. And also, it has uh, what sounds like kazoo's. So yeah, it's a, it's a great track. And it was my number one for a few versions of this list. But yeah. All right. So my uh, my number, number two, two. Yeah. 
Um, comes from the fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of herky jerkiness, but it's uh, the big come down. That was one of the last to go. The off reason my that list. the big come down wasn't on my list was just because I was like, ah, you know what? I have all time low in mine, so yeah. I don't need big come down because they're from the same box. They're they're definitely made from the same mother and father. But I just listened I love, to our, our I love episode. big come down. I just listened to our episode where we talked about it again. Like we were so excited to talk about that song. Yeah, because it's that good of a song. Yep. Tell us all about it. So it's got that swamp industrial. It's got that uh, swagger. It's got that uh, ukulele in the kitchen sink kind of sound to it. Um, it, the drums almost sound like there's like some fork boy stuff going on, or not fork boy, <laughs> spoon man, <laughs> spoon man stuff going on. <laughs> fork boy would have been lard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friends of the show, Jilla Biafra and Al Jordan. That's, that's yep. Right. But yeah, the big, Jeff Ward was Jeff Ward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. He was. Um, but yeah, the big come down. Um, I love the the lyrics. Um, when they, mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to see this played live. Uh, Trent Reznor hangs all over Robin Fink during some of those parts. Um, when uh, the guitar parts just, you know, go nuts. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about this song because the song just stands on its own. If you, um, like I said, uh, the Tension Tour, if you Google that, v, uh, Vivo. Yeah, yep. Uh, my God, the backup singers helped bring this song to a new level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also the Trent Reznor uh, Bebops and Scootops are, yeah. are awesome. <laughs> and again, it's uh, those outros where... The song kind of stops, and you just got to get this, like, mm-hmm. yep. and then it just kicks right the Beat fuck off. back in. Yep. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember after we saw the show, December, the first thing you put on your car, Mark, when we were driving home was this song. Yeah. Like, while our ears are still ringing. Yeah. Let's just let's listen to a, the like, a perfect Nine Inch Nails. Like yeah. I mentioned on the episode before, I mentioned that song on Facebook in some post uh, on our personal Facebooks. Yeah. And a ton of friends that are just good friends of good music taste. We all love the big come down. Like that's yeah. it's a sleeper hit. It's a sleeper hit. Yeah. It's so, so good. good. So good. Yeah, it almost made my list. It's one of those that would, that would probably be like number 11 or I don't think 9 Snails realizes how good that song is. They should play it more. Yeah. They really don't realize how good Where is Everybody is. Which yeah. they never play. Yeah. That's true. All right, we've so got two num- more to go. This is number one, but not really number one, because uh, remember, dear listeners, number zero is our actual number mm-hmm. one. So this one for me is, um, funny enough, I almost indefinitely love Nine Inch Nails track ones on their albums. Um, 
they usually start with something noisy to get the hooks in, and this is no exception, somewhat damaged. It's a great song. This is this this grew to be as good, if not better, than most of Nine Inch Nail songs, regardless of nostalgia, because I didn't have for that for the fragile when it dropped, and there is some crazy shit happening in the song. Mm. That song you've got is... the fret buzzes, you've got the drums that come in. It starts out in three four time, and then about halfway through the first verse, they start laying down four four time in the background until it just yeah. turns into a four four time song. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, the song is crazy and uh, goes all over the place. The synth work is is amazing. It's a perfect bridge from Downward Spiral to the Fragile. Yeah, um, his vocal delivery is outrageous in the yeah. song. It's, Looking it's back so, yeah. off the side, like yeah. that, yeah. Whole oh, that whole segment. Whole part, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This song, and this song, Give me a this cigarette song after just, that. Yeah, this song gets me. Yeah, it just gets me totally jacked. It's a good no, idea. I do have to say that, like I said, they the world went, world went away. I thought was really cool as a single after being away, and nobody expected it. Do you remember yeah. what your first impression of that song was? Uh, it, Am I being honest here? We were hanging out those days. Did we both like it? Um, we were uh, puzzled by it because okay. that that uh, we liked it because we're like, wow, this is different. But I think we may have been more like Starfuckers seems more because that was all the B side on that mm-hmm. single, mm-hmm. Um, more in line of what we were kind of expecting. Yeah. Whereas, but I think we were ready for something new, so yeah. I think our minds were open at that point. Yeah, I definitely grew on us. Yeah. yeah. Um, the reason I bring that up again though is like I thought that was a great single to come back with when we finally got our hands on the fragile. The first time was with the fragile, hearing somewhat damaged for the first time. In the parking lot at Dimple. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Was like, I could <laughs> not believe it. Grinding gears. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, Danny Loner had a large part to do with the, I think, the guitar sound cool. on that yeah. song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's yeah, there's a lot of that buzzing fret stuff on this. Yeah. Oh, I love this damn song. That's great. It's a good. That's a good song. I'm glad you it's on your list. And even like uh, the instrumental, um, like yeah. on deviations, you oh. pick up so much more stuff and about what's nuts. going on. They go it's nuts. They go nuts. The synths on that version. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what do you got for your My number, number one. one? Quote unquote. It is not your number zero. Yes, your number one. Is we're on this together on your list? Yes, it is. Okay. So we'll have, go to, do we'll I go to, talk, to you? Well, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so go, for go my, my number one is uh, it's terrible lie. Well, we'll go get to that a little later. <laughs> okay. okay. Eric. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, what do you got for yeah. your number zero? Yeah. So my number zero, which is really my favorite Nine Inch Nails song. I said it was when we first started the show and nostalgia being an asshole that it is. It still is. It really, I love Ruiner. My Ruiner was on yeah. my list down there. Yeah. Um, Ruiner, good God, what a good song. Yeah.
Ruiner yeah. is. <laughs> it's got everything that's great about Nine Inch Nails at the time. It's got like almost like a breakbeat with uh, what sounds like like swine or like pig samples like yeah. ripping through it. Um, it's got that a good Mi- Miami Vice bass line that goes on that gets you into that it. Sense. Uh, then it, then it hits that chorus and it just. It just holds down the horn synth and mm-hmm. just gets yeah. you in this epic kind of sweeping thing while he's... It sounds like you're standing in front of just a, a mountain that you can't see the top of. Yeah. You it's, know, and like Trent Reznor, I think we even talked yeah. about this, has famously said, I he he just can't wrap his head around that one because yeah. it was two songs right. and he just like put them together. Right. Um, but, it, but it works. It works. I think it's great, yeah. But the way they do it and, we, and they come in with that Pink Floyd-esque guitar solo and, and towards the end... And like you said, Steve, in the episode we recorded, like they just, it's not just that the guitar solo, it's the fact that they give it room to breathe. It's also the fact that guitar solo is on that album. Yeah. And when I first listened to that album as a a kid, basically, I thought I knew what that album was. And two things threw me for a loop on that album. One was Piggy, Mm -hmm. which is like, whoa, I didn't expect this weird jazz song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then two was that guitar solo that comes, it's out of nowhere, but also no, no, it's not out of nowhere. It fits right where it belongs, if you will. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is like I was like, this band can kind of do anything. Well, it's actually kind of cool about the guitar solo that we kind of forget about. Is it actually starts with a bass solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bass solo goes for about four measures until the guitar <laughs> kicks in, and then yeah. and then they both work together for like another minute until it kicks into the the build. Yes, uh, to the end. And um, if I recall correctly, he said he did it as a joke, and Chris Renner said keep it. Right, the solo. Yeah, which is also what Slash says about the opening of Sweet Child of Mine. And I'm like, no, <laughs> when you write something that good, it's not a joke. Yeah, you, just, you don't need a good story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not really even an industrial song, and which is clearly like my genre and, and why I got into God. Nine Inch Nails. But let's just talk about after so the good. solo. Yeah, when the song comes back in. Yeah. And it's bah, 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 Yeah. Yeah. With the nothing yeah. can stop me now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just something. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's like, it's, it's, I, it could be argued what the actual climax, narratively speaking, of Downward Spiral is, but it's certainly important to the story and, uh, and, you know, where his character in that album goes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a doozy for me. Love that damn song. Yeah. It's a great it's a song. Great song. There's no denying it. All right, so I guess I'm on my number zero now. Mm-hmm. How this works? Yeah, yep. your top, your top, top of my list. And like I said, my top three did Footloose. The only representative from Downward Spiral was actually most of my. I don't think I really doubled up. The only album that got two songs was um, The Fragile. Um, terrible Lie. Terrible Lie. But yeah, not the album version. Oh, the live version off of all that could have been, or just a, nope, any live version. The live version. Uh, okay, just terrible lie in general. But the version that kicks my ass is the live version off the fucking uh, closure. No, the DVD. Oh, oh beside, beside you in time. Beside you in time yeah. with Aaron North on guitar. Oh wow.
a song I already loved, and the live version I already love. I do love yeah. the Beside You in Time yeah. version. Yeah. We've discussed on this song that they took that song, and when they play it, it was already a great song in the album. Yeah. When they play it live, they give it an extra oomph at the end, and they it has like an extended outro. Yes. They always look, they give the guitar player some. Yeah. Um, Robin Fink does a great job. He, he owns it. Yeah. But I, if you listen to the Aaron North version on Beside You in Time, he does something kind of like. He kind of like inverses whatever Robin Fink does and it like echoes more. And from what I understand, that's what got him the job. Okay, well, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, that song yeah. in general, I think that song live is my favorite Nine Nails song. Yeah. Any live version of Terrible Live is my yes. favorite Nine Nails song. Yes. Also, a lot of that has to do with the fact that when they play Now I'm Nothing Before It, fuck, just make me a cake and let me eat it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fudge for dinner right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm nothing. <laughs> for dinner. That's a new one. Now I'm nothing. <laughs> now I'm nothing followed by Terrible Lie. Takes me back to why I love Nine Inch Nails when you combine those two together. So good. But just the song itself, it's such a great song. It Terrible is. Lie is such a cool song because it is it 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 does take it take it back a few notches tempo wise from Head Like a Hole on the album. Um, but it is the most layered song on that album and kind of more yeah. indicative of where they go. Um there's something about that song like Nine Inch Nails does get some hate from the old school rivet heads, like especially looking in like message boards or like the, the big industrial fans, which is whatever. They don't like guitars. But that song, <laughs> that song is um, you you can't talk shit about that song. It, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it is like a perfect example of, of 80s industrial of where Nine Inch Nails could be, where they could go. Oh, man, the yeah. synths on that song? The, the lyrics are, are great. And yeah. also, yeah. also not a journal song. Like no, that song, no. I mean, he says I, but he's talking about. He's I talking lo- about much more. The 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 uh, hey gods are mm-hmm. awesome. the hey gods are great. So the good. the way the lyrics like the way the verses are just like call and response kind of, yeah. and just the fact here's a testament to how great that song is. Is it famously like Pretty Hate Machine? It's like not my favorite Nine Inch Nails album by a long shot, but that's my number one Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, a I song that it. was written in 1989. It's just it's such a good song. It is a great song. Uh, I live on on record. I I can take it any which way. I mean, it was my number one. Um, not my true number one, but uh, it's the number two. It's so number two, yeah. but it's yeah. up there. It's so fucking good. So good. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do. I do like that. Uh, my number almost one. Well, no, I guess my number one didn't match Eric's, but yeah, yeah. Ruiner was our double up, and it was your number one. Yeah, and we have a couple of double ups in the, yeah. in the top there. That's fun. So my top song. There's is, no no shocker here. There's no shock. It it's, was my number one for a couple of rounds of this. But it zero one, whatever you want to call it, but it's wearing this together. Uh.
by far um, an unbelievable song. Unbelievable. I, I, I will take it to my goddamn grave. Um, I love the, uh, the, there's positivity, there's, um, resignment in this song. It's just, I would get married to this song. I would walk yeah. down the fucking yeah. aisle. This is Trent Reznor's version of Heroes. Mm-hmm. I've said it before and I'll say it yeah. again. Yep. Um, and you have on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. And we will say it again. So it is a clip show. <laughs> <laughs> we um, probably will say it again. <laughs> I mean, um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost the theme of this goddamn show for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, yeah. um, as we write our episode descriptions, one of you two who are um, running our social media account, as you describe our show, the last fucking line is, and we're in this together. That was me. Yeah, that was Steve. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I, I don't know. Um, well, it's a it's a it's a love song. It is, but it's realistic. It's like yeah. Things can be shit. It's not just all right. strawberry fields when you're, when you're, you know, in love. But it's that feeling of having somebody when things are shit. Right. That's 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 beautiful. That's the that's untouchable. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, um, most of his fans are kind of of a darker persuasion in mm. terms of their emotional. Um, mm. And when you get a song like this, it makes you feel like you're not so alone. In, yeah. in in your own mm-hmm. head. Um, yeah. I don't know. This song is great. Um, the drums, the guitar work, everything about this is just a mess. That's a monster of a song. The guitar amazing. work is amazing. The drums are amazing. I wish they could play it live more often. I don't know if they don't because it's a pain in the ass or because it's to make it really special when they do. I mean, to sing it, it's got to be a bitch. Yeah, I mean, he's really going for the rafters yeah. for the cheap seats in this one. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like the video. Yep. Um, again, also, after getting... Did this single come out before the album? Um, I want to say it did. Yeah, I think they were slated to play this. These on were the Australian MTV. singles, right? Yeah, there was three of them. Yeah. I think they were European. I don't want to talk about singles ever again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, this yeah. Go but ahead, no, just see. like after hearing the now, the data world in a way, I did love. But when I first heard this, when we first heard this, we were like, "This is." Uh, they've done it. Yeah. They've cracked the code. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, I get like even goosebumps when I see mm-hmm. this in like the Avengers trailer for crying yeah. out loud. I would just love the fact they use it in the Avengers trailer. I was like, oh, look, I'm a comic nerd. And they use my favorite Nine Nails, almost favorite Nine Nails song. Yeah, and just yeah. the guitar, the guitar playing is amazing. The, um, the it kind of almost has two guitar solos. Yeah. But actually, to, ta- to tie things all up, this is the closest Nine Nails has ever come to Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I can see that. This is their November rain. Kind of. It's a, it's their, it's their power ballad. It's an earnest. It's a power it's, it ballad. It's got all these movements. It's sweeping. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's a great track, man. Yeah. yeah. It was at the top of one of my, it made it to number two or three. It's just, uh, <laughs> it was number one. Then I just started thinking about Terrible Lie all the time. And I was just like, man, just Terrible Lie. The end of Terrible Lie. I mean, they're my one and two. Gets, yeah. They're my, uh, yeah. I mean, they're t- my top two. My morals left to decay. That part live. Yeah. And then they just start really going into yeah. it. And then they always just, you throw it away. Yeah. That's back to Terrible Lie. Yes. Yeah. No, but I know. I know. I you mean, did. I was kind of bummed they didn't play Terrible Lie. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was bummed they didn't play it when we saw them, but we've seen it before. But they played Sin, which is like, ah, Sin's a good song. So that was fun. Sin's a good song, yeah. but it's no replacement for Terrible Lie. Though. No, it's not. But yeah. it, it's actually, 
I the sin though gets a room moving. It's uh, oh yeah, it's no, it definitely gets the fists in the air. All right, so we did it. We already the, it, uh, uh, almost rans. We kind of mentioned it was moving along, but is there anything we didn't bring up that was a good song you had to kick off? Oh, um, uh, a darling you had to kill. Came back haunted. Uh, why I'm still here. Um, those yeah. were yeah. I I almost did while I'm still here. Also, that was on my short list that I had to kick off, and I actually was juggling. We're in this together. A big come down. Um, like I, I, I said it, I, I, I went back and forth for two weeks over which remix I was going to include. And the one right. was self-destruction part two, because apparently there's Adrian Ballou all over that entire song that gets muddled in the album version, but those all right. come full force on the remix and, uh, and a David Bowie sample uh, as well. So self-destruction part two. Oh, I love it. No, no, it's, 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 it's easily, if not my favorite. So second I'm just going to do a rapid yeah. fire of my round one. You ready? Yeah. Um, so some of that actually made it to my final list. Here we go. Head like a hole, terrible lie, sin, wish, last, gave up, heresy, closer, eraser, the wretched. We're in this together. Just like you oh, imagine the, the big come down hand that feeds line begins to blur right where it belongs. Mm. Zero sum, demon seed, came back haunted, various methods of escape, while I'm what? still here, dear world, less than, background world, and over and out. Some great various songs. methods so of escape. Great song. Interesting. That's yeah. a great song. Yeah, it's yeah, a great song. I actually really wanted to get yeah. one from Hesitation Marks on my list and just couldn't, didn't quite come. Big come down, belong my list, where is everybody? Um... I wanted to either zero sum or right where it belongs. We're both asking to get on there. Uh, background world. I was thinking about that one. Uh, the perfect drug. Actually, I thought about that one. Um, yeah, I really thought about perfect drug. I actually thought about driver down. I actually think perfect drug was more nostalgia than actual songcraft, <laughs> as yeah. far as that song goes. And I think that's why it fell lower. But I do have a very special place in my heart for that song. Oh, me too. Yeah. 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 Hey guys, this is Mike from Atlanta, and I just wanted to say Nine Inch Nails always meant a lot to me as a teenager in the 90s and maybe even more to me now. Uh, I guess I feel like I connect with Hesitation Marks in the new trilogy as much as I connected with Pretty Hate Machine or The Downward Spiral back then um, on a really deep emotional level, but for totally different reasons. You know, life changes as you age, and it's just really nice to see Trent Reznor has matured too. Um, you guys want a funny story, uh, 96, I went to Night of Nothing in Atlanta. It was like my first Nine Inch Nails show, super special because it was like this tiny venue and lead singer Prick and Papa Lead itself were performing with Trent that night. And what do I remember from that night? Um, nothing from the stage, just like some half-naked, sweaty, fat guy in the pit um, trying to avoid his greasy long hair that he was sw swinging around. <laughs> In circles in the pit and um, what a weird experience that was and I remember my ears like ringing super hardcore after the show and learning the lesson I needed to wear earplugs to their shows and that is all I remember from that show it's ridiculous um, I can't picture Trent on the stage nothing my memory sucks um, so I guess that's my funny story uh, thanks guys for the pod I have plenty of friends um, but none of them are into Nine Inch Nails which is sad. So listening to you guys kind of fills that gap. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Well, there it is, folks. Yeah, um, so um, we already talked a little bit about of our favorite Nine Inch Nails covers, which yeah. there's not much. Yeah. We've yeah. kind of hit that a little yeah. bit. Um, 
Lessons learned. I don't know what... Uh, Lessons learned. People don't want to hear us talk about ourselves. That's true. Um, but, or maybe, maybe it's just a few people. I always got After I started giving timestamps out, the complaints died down a little about our autobiographies. We've already discussed this. Hey, you wouldn't get this fucking show if we didn't have their autobiography ties to our past. <laughs> B, with the next artist we do, it's almost impossible. Yeah. So there you go. Also, uh, <laughs> for months, I've been bitching to Eric about sitting closer to the microphone. Then one day, Mark decided to do a check. It turned out that many times it was Eric's microphone, not Eric, what made him sound distant. Yeah. Which uh, I find hilarious and totally on brand. I was giving Eric shit for something he couldn't control. <laughs> so during like the Rob Sheridan episode, I was like, um, I, we switched mics. We only uh, shared two mics that yeah. night. And um, Eric got the, the good one. Me and Steve got the bad one. Yeah. And uh, so if you listen to the Rob Sheridan episode and you were like, Jesus, these guys need to buy some mics. We'll probably be I investing in another one. I was basically Seraphim voice of God on that. Yeah. And that's fine. And when, yes, when I... Uh, uh, actually, speaking of which, um, I did create the Patreon, but I haven't posted it yet. But when I do, if you guys want to help us buy mics, uh, feel free. We're going to buy them anyways. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, we're giving you uh, plenty of content. We improved. Mm. We can give the people content. Yeah. And what we'll do, um, you know, if you do want to uh, almost be a stockholder into the show, um, Steve and Eric and myself will figure out ways to reward you if you want to take a uh, part in that. Yeah, we're still I, kind of I, we're, we're workshopping out. it. Um, really, it's essentially going to be a tip jar, but we might find a way to at least give you a call out and also make something special about it. I was toying with the idea that for a certain pledge, you could buy an episode and we'd have to talk about an album with you. I like but, that idea. Okay, but my God, that can go down some fucking dark <laughs> corridors. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. Like, what if there's one person with way too much money to burn and they're a huge Gary Newman fan? And they pay like five hundred dollars to do ten Gary Newman albums. Oh, it could be a lot worse. I thought you were gonna say, uh, you know, Aaron Lewis. I love Gary yeah. Gary Newman, but my God, yeah. there'd be dragons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll figure that out. And honestly, the show the show will always be free. My God, it's just a you know. Yeah, we're not going to Stitcher Premium or anything like no, that. No, but we so. do take time away from our wives and just life to put this together. And when there's not three month gaps, I think uh, it's worth something to that. We also learned that you can't lay all the editing down on one man. Right. We almost killed Mark. Yeah. It was I, his I, idea. It was his idea. The show was his idea. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for a while there, I think life caught up to me. Um, and uh, that's kind of why there was such a delay. But when these guys were more than willing to take, we were able to get content out to you guys faster. No, we made, and we made it a point to try to uh, cut things. Like we'd record maybe a couple episodes together. We also, we, we got lucky and there was a couple of interviews we didn't expect. Um, we were able to really just, I, I was actually, I was glad that for like two and a half months we were able to be weekly, which I, I would kind of started as, I, I was just kind of like, no, we're going weekly. And then we really were able to do, do it for yeah, months on end. We stuck to it. We committed yeah. to it. Yeah. So final thoughts, guys. Well, I mean, uh, I still love this band. I actually, it has brought me closer in my friendship to you guys and oh, yeah. uh, closer to this band. Um, it, it, this, uh, this little project means a lot to me. Um, and uh, thank you for, for sharing this with me. Thank I you, Mark, for it. inviting yeah. us inviting us on for this one. I, um... Well, you got invited last. Mark and I were going to do this without you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. At first, yeah. we thought maybe this would just be a two-man show, but I was... And then, then you're like, well, the listeners we'll want to be entertained. No, yeah. just, we were we'll just like... We'll do hey, a guest star. The, no, it had, the conversation had to start somewhere. And, and Mark was like, let's just, let's just do a podcast like the, you know, the U2 podcast on Earwolf. 
That's a great idea. And for a few days, then we're like, we should probably talk to Eric about this. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you bringing me in because we thought that like having a third person who's not just going to be surly about all mm-hmm. things. Um, I, I think that you brought uh, an amazing amount of perspective and research into it, this project that it, uh, honestly, you, you were able to set up the whole Rob Sheridan thing. It, it, this show would have not happened if it wasn't for you, Eric. No, and, and yeah, and, and also it would have been much more one note, like you said, surly. But also, Mark and I shared experiences. It's almost like you guys handed me off from each other. Mark <laughs> and I grew up together, basically, <laughs> and then uh, we all became friends. Yeah, and yeah. then in our late twenties, early thirties, just for whatever reason, you and I see each other more. That's yeah. right. But um, no, a lot of it, it would have been too bland. Right. But um. No, it is also very interesting to have somebody that had a very. It was like, oh, Mark's or Eric's story was just like ours in high yeah. school yeah. and shit. Very similar yeah. and with the little differences. Well, I appreciate it. And um, it one thing like I never knew I was like a lyrics guy, but uh, yes, a couple no. couple albums don't, in. Don't lie to the audience. As far as no, no, I as far as digging into them though and like mm-hmm. looking for themes and shit. That was a that 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 came out. I remember discussions. Where I would just be like, lyrics don't mean anything to me. It's delivery. And right. You cared more because you're more. Sure. You, like, I guess you, you know, were the okay. first of us to like, uh, if we're to rank, like, I, like I'm the metal guy first, and then other shit. Yeah. Marks the U two guys first, and then other shit. <laughs> Eric's the fucking hip hop head. <laughs> right. And then other shit. Right. And hip hop is so based around like good sure, lyricism. Sure. 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 It's true. I guess more than anything, like bad lyrics stood out to me mm-hmm. more than anything else. But as far as like digging into the stuff. I mean, I just had an absolute blast. And once we got to downward spiral and I realized, wow, there, there is some gold in these, yeah. in these lyric sheets. Mm-hmm. I, I went absolute nuts. So that was a lot of fun, but yeah, I mean, really guys, I mean, just hanging out and making this a regular thing. It's uh it's, it's it forced us to talk yeah. more, which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. Like really I honestly, nice. like Mark was the best, we're best man in each other's weddings and we've known each other since we were kids. Yeah. And like, Mark and I never probably ever went a month without talking to each other, mm-hmm. but it was good to have something that we had to talk to each other about constantly, even if Eric was involved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it, it is nice. And, Third um, wheel legend. No, not at all. We're, we're, we're all best of buddies have been for decades now. Absolutely. But, yeah. um, oh, yeah. no, I, I just like that. Like there's any, sometimes, sometimes like we're the socialite, like I hate people, but I'm still a socialite. Sometimes you got to grab Mark and pull him out of his fucking shell. Yeah. This helped true. us do that. Yeah. Right. And also I do think it's cool that, Something that we were into as kids, and like we started chatting about at high school, where I went by our high school today, which was funny. Um, back then, which was a, a shared common interest that we enjoyed, which helped us out. Then this podcast came around, and as we've talked about in this podcast before, the world's a little darker than we prefer it to be these days. It was nice to have something that even started back when we were kids. Time was a flat circle style. Yeah. Circle back right. and give us something to focus I mean, on now. That was yeah. what, you know? that was yeah. what we and talked about it when we were, we met each other. And it wasn't high school for exactly. us, but it was in it was the work. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about yeah. the clip you posted yesterday of Trent Reznor from the Fragile Era, where he talks about a shared experience. Like the the, the guys interviewing him, and it's like a, a European interview show, and he's like, you know, there's really nothing people can bond over in your music or something like that. Right. Did you see that question? Yeah. And he said, no, 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 no. Like the bonding is in like the like the shouting back. The, 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 like the, the unifying and being, you know, get, getting, uh, uh, not angry about the same thing, but just when everybody shouts terrible lie together, it's, uh, that's bonding. Right. Commiserate, commiserate. And I, yeah. And I, I think that like that, uh, miss, you know, Trent Reznor started creating this shit way decades ago 
And I doubt he knew it would like unify so many people. And in times like these that totally are not the best of times, it's something that started back way back then can unify us even now. So it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. 100%. And on top of that, I mean, uh, we were able to kind of expand our scope outside of just the three of us. We had Joe come on an episode. Mm-hmm. He was our first guest. And then we had right. Sarah Fodge. And Brian Strand. Brian yeah. Strand. Yeah. Ed Casey. Yeah, Greg uh, was on an episode. Greg, yeah, we got Greg. Greg, Greg Walgus is the unofficial fourth member. We've decided. Yeah, he really is. honorary, honorary yeah. fourth, fourth partner. Actually, yeah, the, and then on the next phase, the honorary, um, the fifth member will be Lennox Anderson. We'll <laughs> yep. get to that. Yeah. Um, um, and then we had uh, a guy reach out to us. We've had a couple of folks reach out to us online, and uh, you know, really, you know, give us positive yeah. feedback, and also tried to steer us in directions. And, and connect us with other people. Oh, yeah, there's been, we've made attempts to talk to some other members of the band. Didn't work out. We didn't do this podcast to do that. It's just nice to try to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those connections were from people that, you know, it's funny, I'm part of a comic book uh, community called 11 O'Clock Comics. I think Eric might be too, but he's not as active. But it's a podcast that I appreciate. And um, <clears throat> I posted about a Rob Sheridan episode because comic books. Right. And a few people were like, "Oh, I didn't know that was your podcast," and I just thought that was amazing that uh, yeah, they yeah. knew about it. Yeah, these two worlds collided. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of great. I mean, really, just Nick Russis as yeah. well. I want to yeah. say thank oh, you yeah. to him too. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I was going to say like just a big thanks to the the people that interact with us on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit, just because you know it's nice to it's really nice to hear things. It's been mostly you know very positive stuff. Um, a quick shout out to um, her handle is Jessica Nin, who runs the um, somewhat damaged fan uh, page on on uh, on Facebook. Um, she got a special home for all of our episodes, so it's a really easy one stop shop to to click all of our back episodes and all of our archives. So, and that's a fun little uh, fan site. And also, it was fun uh, at the San Francisco show. Uh, Paul Brennan, who I think lives in the Bay Area, hunted us down and shook her hands. And that was nice. Just like I said, I lived 10 years in San Francisco. So to run into a fan that was still making it work in the Bay Area, Godspeed, good sir. <laughs> and I uh, believe uh, he was at that physical pre-world uh, pre-sale. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I think he was like, got flyers or something. Oh, no, like I made or? the flyers. Oh, you, oh, you made the flyers. But he said, but hey, like, I found the flyers. I was like, oh, I'm glad somebody found there them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made them on a awesome. shopping block. It yeah. was like something out of a kindergarten class. <laughs> Um, it's awesome. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of just awesome how this show served a purpose for us in these dark times, but also kind of, uh, brought in some other people too. I don't know what else I would be doing half the time. Working, complaining, not reading enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, rewatching Game of Thrones while Mark watches every AFI movie and Eric <laughs> watches the complete works of Kurosawa. Um, <laughs> It's not a bad. No, uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's a good afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Afternoon. That's like five weeks. <laughs> um, but what's next, guys? What are we doing next? Well, here, let me show you. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. That's right, guys. We are doing the entire discography of Rush. <laughs> we are oh, going man. to the record skip break down every album, and we are going to do uh, storylines, 
Eric is going to draw maps. Uh, Lennox <laughs> is going to be the dungeon master. Every... No, I'm kidding. Here, here's what we're really going to do. There's a star waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. There's a star. That's right. If you've been paying any kind of attention, uh, the next phase is going to be David Bowie. If yes. there's anybody else, it would be like, what What else would we do? Exactly. We've there's, talked about, there, there's been more ties between this and Nine Inch Nails than anything else. There was a through line directly uh, to look at Trent Reznor. We figured we'd look at the past a little bit more. Right. I mean, there's not an episode we did where he didn't reference Bowie. That's I, true. I'd have to say, the majority, like, at least over half. Right. And, you know, we are all very deep fans of David Bowie, and this is not going to be something that we're just tossing off. This is something that comes from a real place of fandom. Uh, we're very, very excited and thrilled. There is going to be somewhat of a format change, as Steve had talked about. There's not going to be much room for autobiographical. I, I, like, um, I was a gleam in my dad's eye for half these albums. You but know? we are certainly going to go track by track through all of his albums, but... Here is the twist. We are not going to go chronologically. No. no. We are going to start backwards and let the fates decide where we go next. And what he means by start backwards is we're not going backwards because i got to be honest. If you're going to go backwards or forwards, there's going to be – excuse me. If you go forwards, you have all the good stuff True. and then years of – whoa, years of nonsense. Right. If you go backwards, you got some good stuff and then years of nonsense, and then everybody's waiting for the fireworks factory. Right. right. There's no way to do a guy with a discography this big and go from one end to the next. Um, so we're going to do, we're going to roll a dice. And this is Eric's idea because he's a Dungeons and Dragons nerd. <laughs> so what we're going to start with, we're going to start with Black Star, right. his final album before he had passed away. And after we finished Black Star. And direct connections to Nine Inch Nails. No, we thought Black Star would be a good place to start because, yes, it was the one where he passed away recently, his last album. But also, there's there's ties there to uh, Bad Witch somehow. Right. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. Or at least we're trying. It's a good bridge. It's, it's a, a good, good bridge. bridge. Yeah. But then after we do Black Star, um, Eric has uh, a twenty sided uh, to twelve sided dice. We're gonna do a D twenty and a D uh, and a D uh, D eight. I'm gonna be honest. We're exa- we're not exactly how many sure how many albums we're dealing with. What is it? 27? Uh, twenty seven. Uh, yeah. Okay, twenty seven yeah. and. Um, the year of that album will probably also cover live recordings that came out that year and the movies right. that came the movies out. Movies he was exactly. in, movies he did music you for. You can't talk about David Bowie without talking about the movies that he was in. Yeah, let alone exactly. may have done the music for. Exactly. Yeah. So we're gonna start with Black Star. Then we're gonna roll the dice, and then we're gonna see where where we go to next. Right, and it could be yeah, it could be anywhere from Never Let Me Down, the little the singing gnome to uh, tonight. <laughs> to, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be petitioning Neighborhood Threat, Tin Machine. You guys need to keep me honest. When we get to Tin Machine, you need to say Steve, Tin Machine one and two are different albums. I'm like, can't we get them done in one episode, please? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me listen to this again. Super uh, sales kid. Yeah. yeah. We're going to you know, try. I've, and then, then Steve says, you know what, guys? I actually really like Tim Machine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's yeah, gonna, this album is legit. Th- this is yeah. going to be the difference between, like, we're going to listen to some of the greatest albums ever made in the history of music. We're also going to listen to stuff that isn't that great. And it's going to be interesting to talk to it and not just sound like a petulant child. Yeah. So 
We're gonna we're gonna try to you know figure out why tonight's a good album. Yeah. But, uh, we had talked about doing a variety of artists as we thought about like what would we do if we want to continue this show um, and Nine Inch Nails. We catch up to them, and who knows if uh, Nine Inch Nails comes back, maybe we'll go back onto the pod like a whole side. Oh, we have to. Oh, um, of course we will. And yeah. then uh, I expect regular Nine Inch News updates. You can expect a Watchmen episode where we just talk about Watchmen, right? And expect. If they release a new album, good God, of course we listen to that and yeah. dissect it. Of course. Right, yeah. Um, we will still be your one-stop shop for Nine Inch Nails news, but... Other artists we discuss we'll doing... We'll be focusing on David Bowie in our content. And maybe if we do a, a season three, we uh, other ones we talked about was uh, Nick Cave was a contender for quite a while, which I would love yeah, to do. I would love to do that one. Nick I Cave. feel that Nick Cave... See, the cool thing about David Bowie is some of the stories behind the songs are going to be awesome. That's right. Uh, Nick Cave's the same way. Some yeah. of the stories of his 80s work mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. But also, we talked about Metallica for a minute because we thought it was fun that Mark and I were big fans as kids, but Eric wasn't. But no. And then uh, I think we'd lose half our audience. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> thought Tom, of, did Tom Waits ever enter the conversation? Maybe. Oh, no. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, Pink Floyd we talked about briefly. Pink Floyd yeah. would be great. I think that would actually lead to some great discussion. Uh, we did talk about um, Primus. <laughs> yeah. Primus. Which I, we're all equally huge yeah. fans of Primus, but again, our audience would leave us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mark and also, I don't, I don't, Eminem and... <laughs> So no, just David Bowie. Yeah. Sometimes you know you need to do what makes sense. Uh, the, the answer that's staring you in the face is the answer, and it was David Bowie. Yeah, this whole time we've known about this for over half the length of the show. And uh, listeners, if you're not sure if it's your cup of tea, give it, give it, give it a shot because, like I said, not an episode went by we couldn't make ties from Nine Inch Nails to David Bowie. Um, it's really in your best interest. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Might learn a little few yeah, things. It's gonna be a too. lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Bottom line, you may yeah. need to resubscribe. We're having discussions behind closed doors that are open now about moving where our episodes are hosted, and that would require everyone to just subscribe again. But we don't think it's going to happen until after the first episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll let, let you, know. you know. We'll let yeah. you know. You may have to smash that subscribe button, That's, as the YouTubers would say. Yes. Smash it. Yeah. But again, guys, thank you very much for listening to the audience out there. Thank you, too, for doing this with me. Thank you for making this uh, late-night text actually become a reality, Stephen. And then, Eric, thank you for agreeing to want to take part in this. It was a huge commitment. It took almost two years of our fucking lives, and, uh, but we did it. Some of the best two years of <laughs> best two years of my life. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. And but, uh, yeah, so like, what else would I? I'd, I'd be listening to most of this stuff anyhow. Right. You know? yeah. Right. And uh, you know, hey, thank you to Trent Reznor for writing songs that we talked about. Exactly, <laughs> Trent Reznor. You have an open door policy. Yeah. Um, we can work around. If your you schedule. want to come on the show and talk about pinups, more than welcome. We've always had a fourth chair just warmed and waiting for you with a cold glass of water yeah that uh that picture that is in our profile page um that wasn't photoshopped he showed up but didn't decide to say anything on that episode he was quite 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 shy that night yeah he was he was bashful <laughs> well that was the night he let us know that we can use all these song clips and no one's gonna sue us that's so, right that's true know. he gave us the clearance so yeah very kind of him yes if you're listening mr johnny law trent said it's okay for all the song clips yeah it's so, graphic proof so did david before he died yes so. Well, that's it, folks. We hope that we brought you closer to high.